1: Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast.
0: I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to uh, Follow-Up Friday. Uh, it is uh, June 29th. We're almost uh, at the end of June here. We've got several ravens to go over. And by several, lot. I mean a lot, actually. Um, so that's a good thing. You know, we had a lot of people responding to last uh, our chapter on Bran uh, and and the um, the Three-Eyed Crow discussion. So... lots to get to but uh first sir matt we have the winner of our trivia uh to sir robert of newcastle reclaiming
1: his uh throne i guess uh once again coming in he and adam parker seem to go head to head every week lord Mm -hmm. adam parker um edging each edging each other out usually by a couple literally comes out of like 20 minutes is uh (laughs) what the uh what what the difference is? We had a lot of people actually respond uh, this week, so which is which is always good. More people coming in. The trivia question was, who advised the Mad King to let the Lannisters into King's Landing? The answer is, of course, Lord Varys. But mm-hmm. um, a lot of, uh, or um, excuse me, the answer is Grand Picel Excuse me. A lot of people were answering uh, Varus. Mm-hmm. but it's actually Varus who ad- who advises against it. He's trying to protect the. Targaryens and Pycelle, who is actually, you know, working for the Lannisters, says, "No, you should let him in. He's your friend."
0: Right? And isn't that interesting, actually? Yeah. When you think about all the things, uh, I mean, it makes sense, uh Lord Pi Py- Lord Pycelle, you know, that um, you know, with a uh, friendship he has with the mm-hmm. Lannisters and things, but uh but even Varys, though. It's it's even he's somehow protecting the mad king there, you know, trying mm-hmm. to give him good counsel, but yeah. Uh, everything else that he does is I don't know, it's just weird. Well, maybe
1: Varys is uh, working with Rhaegar, and he he knows, you know, Regar had been kind of planning trying to assemble a council. Mm-hmm. Um that's kind of what the tourney of Harrenhal was supposed to be well, about. Well, what's crazy
0: is, is that it Varys actually warns the mad king to go yeah. to the tourney of Harrenhal because of Rhaegar. Yeah. So it's like weird. So like, you know, cuz yeah, there are some people who believe that maybe Varys was trying to help Rhaegar, as you said, but then at the same time if he was why not let him go we plot don't against his father? We you don't know? know, and There's then, so uh, many
1: questions about uh, about Varys.
0: Well, I th- there's no rhyme or reason to Varys. Varys just kind of does whatever. Yeah. Well, he says. Air quotes for the realm. For the realm. Yeah. yeah. But um might be more for himself,
1: his mm-hmm. family, friends. There are theories that Varys is either a Targaryen or a, um, a Blackfire.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And All that, very interesting. Yeah.
1: Just real quick question about his potential thing. As before, we before we really get going here is, you know, Sir Ezra and I are always reading. We're just always reading, going through <laughs> things. And I was uh, doing some World of Ice and Fire reading about Aegon the Fourth, who's coming up, you know, in a couple in a couple weeks, and how mm-hmm. he legit- legitimizes all of his bastards. He's kind of unworthy, isn't he? right? Yeah, the Aegon the unworthy, legitimizing all his bastards. That's where you get into bitter steel and bloodraven and the fire rebellions and all this stuff. And um, you know, it says that he slept with like he 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 he's quoted as saying he. he to sing uh he, he said uh as he said something like 900 women so, what yeah that's what he says so he and then he legit- oh yeah he exaggerates yeah, and he says that he yeah. exaggerates okay. that but it seems like he's sleeping with a different like woman all, every night just mm-hmm. always having them bring them new people new people yeah so if he legitimizes yeah. all those bastards that means there's countless targaryens out there right right
0: right yeah and black blackfires. yeah interesting well then some people believe that um if you know if um uh, what's his name Melee's the monstrous the, mm-hmm. the last black fire that was su- mm-hmm. supposedly sir Bar- sir was sir barston yeah sir uh, uh, he kills him on, the, on kills. the steps. yeah yeah um could have been now I, I i recently was reading either on um <clears throat> it was either on the Westeros.org dot org form or somewhere that uh Varys could be from the female line because it very specifically says the male mm-hmm. line mm-hmm. um for the black has ended you know so so yeah there's a lot of theoretically different, a lot of different things that yeah. It could be. We don't
1: really, yeah, we don't really know what happens to, uh, to Bittersteel, Agor Rivers. No, nope. yeah, so
0: hey, mm. we have no idea. Yeah, I know, unreal. So that was a good question, and uh, you know, I can see how people went, you know, back and forth. If you narrowed it down to those two, then you're, you know, yeah, you're in the ballpark. So, mm-hmm. okey doke. Um, poll results, actually, I had a. I think, I think we're going to try to do this once in a great while here. We're going to have a, a, a poll up on the Facebook page. So if you haven't checked it out yet, please head on over to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash uh, bend the knee. Uh, we are working on getting a, um, a group together because we like people basically if you find something in the Reddit, you know, form or you find something in on WestRo.org or whatever show news that always is super helpful to Sir Matt because, mm-hmm. you know, he's always looking for show news and there's not much. You know, right now, or right. as it com- comes in from different places, it's just nice to get help from you guys as to what's going on there. So, um, if you could, you know, hop on the Facebook page and check that out, we'll get the group going and and what have you. But I had a poll going here, and I said just who would win Bowl. Uh It's I'm just real simple one to start, and I think every week we're going to try to do one or so. And right now, overwhelmingly, 33 votes, 82% for the Hound, 18% for the Mountain. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty straightforward. I just thought I'd share those. Just kind of fun. If you have uh, ideas on the polls, something you want, you know, us to kind of start and share. Um, you know, give us a question with two options, and we'll we'll post it and, you know, get some response. Yeah, feedback from the realm.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's nice to do these polls. I think the last poll we did was uh, Team Annie versus Team Laurel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: so <laughs> we did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, all right, we have a lot of Ravens uh, to get through today. Um, just real quick, I, I thought it would be kind of cool just at the beginning to kind of say who, who all we're going to touch today. Yep. That'd be, yep. Uh, Robert of Newcastle sent us one, and he won the trivia, so he gets to go first. Uh, Lady Kelsey. We got Lady Jade. Uh, that's a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Kelly uh, Marino, I think her last name is. There's kind of a new one. Mm-hmm. Regine, we are hitting up yours today. Right. Um, of course, Ghost of Heron Hall. Sam the Hammer, maybe just kind of. We have him. We have him tentatively down, tentatively down as maybe he sent us a really long one, and we don't know how long all this is going to go. We have Caleb right. the Blacksmith as well.
0: We also have Sir Grant the Yellow Knight. Yeah, earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
1: sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, skip skip that one over. Yeah, we, we have a handful here, kind of about three eyed crow slash three eyed raven mm-hmm. to get through. It's a good thing Sir Ezra has been plowing through. <laughs>
0: uh brand i think you just finished
1: didn't you i did uh, <laughs> you like this
0: whole week you've just been going through brand it's it's unreal um lot there there's mm-hmm. a lot there
1: yeah i finished so. a storm i finished uh clash of kings and a storm of swords and i'm now working my way i'm in a dance with dragons right now currently yeah which actually... is my first read ever of a dance with dragons
0: yeah yeah so yeah there's a lot there's a lot there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. A lot there. Um, full disclosure, I actually, just for sake of time, I did bounce around in Clash of Kings. Wanted to see when Jojen first shows up and see their interaction between he and Bran. And then... No, no, no. That an, oh, it is isn't Clash of Kings, yeah. Yeah, and then once the once the kind of, you know, the sacking of Winterfell took place, I'm kind of like, okay. And once they start to move north, that first leg of their journey, it's okay. There's some stuff said yeah, by, by Jojen stuff. and stuff. then I kind of speed on up to The Wall... You know, um, getting through the wall and then their interaction yeah. with cold hands mm-hmm. and then, you know, ultimately the three eyed crow slash mm-hmm. Brendan. Yeah, I haven't. I actually have him Brendan.
1: Yeah, I actually have to read that chapter uh, as well. So,
0: OK, so that's good because we have a lot to talk about there. So let's jump into uh, Sir Robert of Newcastle's um, first uh, is his raven here. All right. So. Here. Want me read it? Right, sure
1: hi guys on monday you were talking about the three-eyed crow i got to thinking does he know john is a targaryen blood raven has red eyes and so does ghost is he guarding john like a protective uh, great uncle ned says uh in a game of thrones why are they this far south did he send them he's ret- uh, referring to the direwolves um and that leads me to Mance raider why did he kill john why didn't he kill john when he was captured is because Mance is rhaegar uh Mance is Rhaegar slash John's real father. Did Bloodraven let Rhaegar know he was going to die on the Trident and send someone in place knowing he would die on the Trident, but for a higher purpose? Wow, mm-hmm. a lot of questions there. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff we've been talking about actually for weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really was good when it, when it when it comes to these things. So just uh, kind of diving right in here. Does he
0: know John is a Targaryen? Well, if he I'll put you like this: if he is a Targaryen, he knows it. Absolutely, right? If he is a Stark. And if he is a, you know, Lady, Lady, um, mm-hmm. oh, gosh, Chardin's, a, yeah. Chardin's you know, uh, uh, son, then he knows that as well. Right. So I you get from brand three in a dance of dragons that the that um, Brendan or, AK, if you know, I am still separating Brendan and the three eyed crow <laughs> saying just, that even like though two, I've read it, like I just you're saying you're saying that it's that 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 it's a, are, you, are you saying that it's not blood raven? Or that no, it, no, 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 no. I'm I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm saying that he's now kind of become someone else. I'm saying that while he is there with Brendan Rivers, Brendan they call him Brendan. Okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, that's Brendan Rivers. Yeah. Though. I'll give you that. But um, sometimes he refers to the person who's whispering to him as Brendan, yeah. Lord Brendan, even. And sometimes he refers to the whispers as the Three Eyed Crow. Yeah. And then he just it is just different. So uh, more on that to come. But anyways, I think. Um, uh, you know yeah that he that he would know um, we, we've seen from that position that uh, Brendan can see being the last Green Seer can see back into time just as brand does uh, you know start to kind of work his his powers there at the end of, of his last POV chapter you know w- we can see that he can look back into time yeah. and so they can do that I mean, if, if, if they chose to go it also depends on what they go look at Right. It's not and, that they're all knowing, but it's just right. that they have the the capability to, to go, go look.
1: So that doesn't mean that they that does that doesn't mean that they know what to go look at, right? Like they they don't they don't yeah like they don't know everything that's ever happened, but they they can go look. But so that means they have to try and uncover events.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, it'd be sort of like, um, think about this for a second, when the Vulture King rises out of Dorne and, and, and is attacking, and they're unclear as to who the Vulture King is, there's another one who comes up after the Vulture King, you know, um, you could then see, you, if, if you were a Greenseer, I think you could go back to that time and follow the, the, um, the Vulture King backwards yeah. to discover who he is. Where did he come from? That type of thing. It's yeah. so almost like major events have to happen and they have to follow it down as we do a rabbit hole mm-hmm. and tra- trace it back through. Um, so I think that's really, you know, the, the, the way uh, it works, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, other questions, though, that he had there.
1: Uh, um, is he guarding John like a great uh, protective? A lot of these kind of go together. Is he guarding uh, John like a great protective uncle? Um mm-hmm. yeah so that so the, you know that's something we've kind of talked about quite a bit and this kind of ties into a lot of your question um is you know, we don't really know what the whole deal with with, with blood raven and the three-eyed crow i kind of believe it was blood raven who maybe caused Rhaegar to one day just kind of suddenly decide to stop reading books and and go fight um you know there's there's um, you know talks about like could have Bloodraven have communicated as the Three Eyed Crow with Maester Aemon, and then Maester Aemon talks to Rhaegar because we know that Rhaegar and Aemon kind of communicated mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to each other. A lot of these questions, you know, as we unfortunately don't know really any of the any of the answers to these. Just kind of all so kind why of, they're the best questions. They so. are, yeah, yeah. They're just bigger, bigger, bigger theories, um, and that leads me to, uh into Mance Raider why didn't he kill John when he was captured now, that
0: is a really good that's a good question because question. um i i think hmm he has sort of like a if if you believe Mance Raider is just Mance Raider and he was uh, just, i don't know just a just a guy on the night on the night's watch you know then and he sees someone else coming north and wanting to take the path that he took let's say we just take yeah. that approach then you could see why he might be sort of inclined yeah. to say I was there once, you know. Yeah. I once saw things as you did. And it's almost like he would... he The idea of him taking yeah. John under his wing... Well, yeah, know? not only
1: that, but maybe he sees it. I mean, obviously, you got to think, think about this. Mance Raider just convinced all of the wildlings to rally underneath him. So he's obviously a very persuasive, charismatic guy. Mm-hmm. So he maybe looks at this as, oh, this is a chance for me to get somebody on the inside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so we can... You know, I mean. You, oh, sure. I mean, he, I mean, he's far more valuable to John alive than that, or he's far more valuable like Mance. to Mance alive than he is dead. Yeah, yeah, like you maybe said, maybe you could use him as a prisoner. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. ma-
0: there's so many more options. If you just kill him, well, then it's just another dead ranger. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't that doesn't help you. I mean, you look at what they ultimately do with John is they try to send him. They do they send him over the wall, and he is able to help them navigate and figure out how to open the gate to let the wildlings through. Right. You know, so that's one of the things. And if that fails, then there's another option. You know, right. so uh, the king beyond the wall has many many different options and ideas and things that, that he's that he's thinking yeah. through. I just sort of think that you know the initial not wanting to kill him might be from some. I don't know that he had that master plan. I think he had the raid planned over the wall already. Right. John makes it better, but then also the idea that John, you know, wants to take off his black cloak and, you know, take up with the wildlings is... Probably appealing to Mance if he was truly, you know, a wildling. Yeah. So uh then he kind of asks, Is it because
1: Mance is Rhaegar, you know, slash John's real father? So there is a lot of theories about is Mance Raider Rhaegar Targaryen? Mm-hmm. Um and that kind of goes into, you know, there are theories about Val, like lots of theories. Core and Half Hand, um, theories. I think I I'm kind of more inclined on the Mance Ray. Mance is arthur dane i think that uh seems a little more um i'm a little more inclined on that but the theory of him being Rhaegar does kind of make some sense the idea that maybe perhaps Rhaegar was glamored hmm. um at the battle of the trident he didn't go there um there is wow. there is the, there is the talk that that regar kind of knows the songs right he knows these like southern songs the dornishman's wife the dornishman's wife and that he's also a singer Rhaegar was a singer Mance. Um, mm-hmm. also is kind of, he kind of knows somehow Mance rate, uh, Mance raider scales, the wall comes South and like is ahead of Robert's or, like catches up with Robert's mm-hmm. group as they ride to Winterfell. And so that he can go be, you know, mm-hmm. a bard at the feast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so how would he, how would he have that kind of a, you know, how would he have that kind of a knowledge? Mm-hmm. And yeah. also why
0: does he do it? Does he do it just to do it? Yeah, I mean to to go see this. Ah, you know if he is Rhaegar, that that connection to go see his old rival. Yeah, you know Robert Baratheon. That's yeah. interesting. Never really thought about that. Yeah, nobody
1: know? really ever kind of talks about why he does it. They just talk about oh, he does it, uh-huh. so it. Yeah, but why does he do it? Maybe he wants to go. What does he want to go see? Maybe 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 it's a way for him to actually go lay eyes on Jon because he does kind of talk to to Jon about how he was there. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just a way for him to kind of see if Jon Snow
0: is his son. Um, hmm. Interesting, yeah. You know the the other piece too is like um, in these characters. You know, I was watching an interview uh, last night where Gurr was talking about how you know they uh, when when things are passed on through point of view, they miss over they they misinterpret things or they hear things wrong or sometimes they even are deliberately untruthful. And right, they're, and they're or some, or sometimes Gurr just doesn't
1: include something. He was was that it was really interesting that that interview we were reading where he said yeah. that he's really received thousands of questions about that chapter why isn't brand mentioned when they're talking about all the oh, yeah i and gurus honestly like i think i just forgot to include brand, yeah, brand like, was there I, <laughs> I just, but he's like he's like but i guess you know to like analyze it maybe john happened to look away like and didn't yeah. see brand walking down right
0: yeah yeah but uh the, the point i was driving to there is that you know when mance Rader is talking about um val and della you mm-hmm. know on his on his way north and how he comes across them maybe there's more to that story. You know, I'll, I'll give you one possible situation. If, if he is Rhaegar and he did somehow get, um, you know, out, out of the Trident and up to the Night's Watch and everything's underway, the whole situation with the Tower of Joy, all the, these plans are in motion, right? He gets there, perhaps... Oh, crap, I'm, I was almost about to spoil one of my theories. Yeah, don't, 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 don't no, say that. No, I I, yeah, yeah, don't say that. So, so then there's there's an idea, though, that, like, the connections that he makes beyond the Wall... Might have already been there before. So what he calls a, a happen you know, this 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 chance meeting between him and some wildlings, again as we had mentioned with, uh, with with Tormund, that perhaps that is someone else who just went on before him, paved the way, right. you know, integrate with them, send your people, your loved ones, your family, you know, on up to the wildlings, and then he them he himself then you know follows and pretends like he did not know who they were pretends like he had no and and, then if those people have established good rapport and they elevate Mm -hmm. him easier for him than to become a prince and then and then he turns into a king you know the king beyond the wall makes a lot of sense but yeah
1: uh anyways it it does yeah the is uh there's actually a lot of good youtube videos on that and i think there's definitely some compelling evidence for i would say though for me that part, I had, the, uh, him being Arthur Dane seems to make slightly more sense to me. And I do believe, as you get into this next one, did Blood Raven uh, let Rhaegar know he was going to die on the Trident and set someone in his place knowing he would die on the Trident, but for like a higher purpose? So, it kind mm-hmm. of, was Rhaegar glamored at, mm-hmm. at the Trident? So, that could mean that that is kind of part of the theory is that I actually, the more I kind of get into it, the more I actually think Rhaegar didn't. Die mm-hmm. on the Trident. They um. There's a Jamie chapter in A Clash of Kings. Um. I think it's one of the last Jamie chapters. He's kind of having like a dream, um, or excuse me. In it's not a Clash of Kings. It's in A Storm of Swords, um, where Jamie is just kind of dreaming about stuff, and he's dreaming about um when he was a kid, and Rhaegar. He's dreaming about Rhaegar. Mm-hmm. He's talk. He talks to Rhaegar before he. Before yeah. he leaves, and he specifically like, last thing, just a kind of little thing, mentions like he had all these rubies on his on yeah. his chest. He's describing his armor, right, right. And he he specifically remembered all of the rubies on his yeah. on his armor. Which, I mean, yeah. Keep in mind, yeah, you're a Targaryen, like, mm-hmm. and you are the crown. But I mean, doesn't it just seem odd mm-hmm. that you would have rubies on
0: your armor? Well, my question is, did he ever wear that type of armor in? In combat or trial attorneys right, yeah. before. I mean, like, there's one thing about, that, you, you know, know, it
1: is, like, you hear about people having, like, ornate, you know, ornate weapons and ornate shields, especially, like, tourneys and stuff. Right. But it's still, while, going, it's, while it's ornate, it's, like, practical. Yeah. I, like, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong, rubies and diamonds and all that stuff is obviously hard to cut, but it just seems slightly unpractical to have... Yeah, this like it's almost more of like a ceremonial type of armor. Yeah, right. Where you'd have
0: rubies on it. Yeah, it is interesting. It's an interesting choice. You know. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, one thing I want to say before we go further too is, we often all of us because we're super fans and, and, and we love this. You know, at one point or another, I, I just want everyone who's listening to to remember that we. We don't think everybody lives, you know. <laughs> some people no, do yeah. die, you know. But it is nice. It is nice to kind of speculate that if one person would live, then this person would maybe die. So if it's Rhaegar who's mance, then perhaps Sir Arthur Dane dies. Maybe they yeah. both didn't live. You know, things like people we speculate right. did Ned live on in war. You know, at some point, no, I do, there's I more think, of a realistic right. type of writer to where no, they just died. You know, yeah. um, and that's part of life, and that's the tale. Right. So. But when you see characters like Catelyn Stark, exactly. Right. No. There's yeah. there's evidence. There's a lot of evidence that. Um, people are not who they are. You know, the fact that yeah. Mance is glamored, you know, to go south with, uh, with the with the wives to save an, aka, air, air, air quote, Arya Stark is another piece, too. It supports the whole idea of, yeah. you know, other people being glamored. And, you know, we've got uh, Bloodraven himself using the Moonstone to, mm-hmm. to glamor himself um, for the second Blackfyre Rebellion. So stuff right. like that is interesting. I just wanted to throw it out there because uh, we speculate a lot on Follow-Up Fridays about who could live, who, who, could, could, live, die, who all could die. die. Guess, yeah. So that's the fun part with it. So. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I, I, yeah. When it comes down to that, I, Ned Stark, I don't, <clears throat> I think he's definitely dead. Lyanna Stark's obviously dead. I, I think, I think the idea of Arthur Dane or Rhaegar, I think it's one or the other. Obviously I, I, I'm more inclined on Arthur Dane, but I, I don't know. Part of me still believes Rhaegar. I, it just seems, it seems unlikely that Rhaegar would do that. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean he's still alive. Could have died another way, but
0: yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on to uh, Lady Kelsey here. Mm -hmm. I'll read this for you. Um, Maybe it was the Three-Eyed Crow that lured the man who was turned into the Night King north. Maybe he was a student of the Three-Eyed Crow, like Bran, who became too powerful, so the crow and the children uh, turned on him or tried to turn. Maybe the Night King is just trying to save Bran or reach Bran because uh, Bran can save him uh, from his prison, of being the Night King. A lot of interesting stuff there. So, the Three Eyed Crow luring a man um, who was turned into the Night King, North. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think through this real quick. What do you think about that, Sir Matt? Uh, the Three Eyed Crow lured a
1: man. So okay, I yeah. So yeah so we know that like the children at least in the show it's 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 shown to us that the the children kind of created the night king right and it was almost like
0: yeah or or the or the or the 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 others right with the with the right yeah yeah yeah. was that the night king though uh because the the story of the night king is that that he.
1: i want to say actually it's the same actor I have to look that up. Well, I'm just saying, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, you're talking about
1: the. St- I said the show. Yeah, the yeah. Show. I, said, okay. I said I said the show because in the books we don't know. In the books, the Night King isn't like a character. Well, in the, in the books, the Night King is is referred to as the thirteenth. Right. Yeah, Commander. like yeah, they're different. They're di- they're different kind yep. of they're different kind of things. Could be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, really, in the books, like the others aren't really like shown that mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. They're way more heavy mm-hmm. in the show because you know it's you, it's kind of. I mean, how many how many actually others do we see in the in the books? You see the one in like the prologue and then you see the one that Sam kills?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I we think... just know they exist. Yeah. And like they're always they're always kind of Yeah, I think I understand Lady Lady Kelsey's question a little bit better. Sometimes we right. don't have a chance to kind of read through all of these, but I think I think this might be more show and I'll even tie it to book two. I'll answer it both ways. So if it's the show um and it's and it's the as as you said, if we see them creating the Night King, I was confused I'm sorry yeah. the night king in the show, you know which uh, would be the the great other with the with the blue eyes and all that good stuff you know um we do see them in that that, that tree with the with the uh the stones in a circle and it's it's um looks like a ceremony they press dragon glass into his chest right. and his eyes turn blue so perhaps the three-eyed crow lured that man who was turned into the night king north. So perhaps this guy right. was lured there. Maybe he was the student of the three-eyed crow like Bran who became too powerful. So the crow and the children turned him, turned on him or tried to, um, tried to turn. Yeah. So I, I guess the the idea is that if let's say he is, he's a student, you know this guy before they pressed that dragon glass into his chest, he is a student with a three eyed crow um but he is learning too much, as you had said, you yeah. alluded to, is brand more powerful than blood Raven right? Is he a better green seer? Can he do more? Can he influence the past right. or where blood Raven says that you can't um you know then uh, is it one of those things where he got too powerful and he started to create? The others, or mm-hmm. he was he became a servant of the great other, and then they decided to turn on him. Yeah, remember we I think we actually mentioned that either last Friday or yeah we had we had on one show yeah we had one a while ago where they talked about how I can't remember who it was that asked it something
1: about like you know the children of the forest created the others as like a super weapon and then it was like uh, you know it's kind of bad it's almost like they're talking about like he was talking about like nuclear yeah. weapons like once you kind of have it then mm-hmm. it's like
0: mm-hmm. uh like what you know yeah it
1: kind of creates more problems than yeah.
0: Right, yeah, so, so I don't know. Um, that, that's an interesting one, Lady Kelsey. I think the idea too. The last bit is probably the, the most important. Maybe the Night King is trying to save Bran or reach Bran because Bran can save him from his prison of being the Night King. Almost like he could then be laid to rest if he can bring someone as powerful as himself to fill that position for the Great Other. Yeah, it's kind something. of like.
1: Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. It's been a good while since I've seen this. In uh, like Pirates of the caribbean or caribbean however you say mm-hmm. it like davy jones locker like there always has to be like that guy oh yeah isn't that kind of how it works yeah, sort it's, of, yeah. it's like it's, it's like a... it's like once orlando bloom i don't can't remember like kind of takes that role
0: then the other guy can like i think that die, but there always has to be someone in yeah. that role that happens in a lot of curses and different right. stories and mythologies and stuff where someone has to yeah take the place for somebody else so that way they can endure this long right you know it's what's it is really what brand is actually kind of doing he is being lured yeah. uh, north to take over for the for brendan mm-hmm. i'll say brendan he's he's taking over for, for, for brendan blood raven. for blood raven. Yeah. yeah for, for that's in that so that is that that's that's what he's doing um is that a good thing or is that a bad thing i want to talk about that later by the way i have a huge passage i want to read here later so we're just getting through a couple of these uh three-eyed crow you know ravens, yeah, these are just kind of the then,
1: questions that to set up a big much bigger discussion yeah, here mm-hmm.
0: so Okay, so let's move on to Sir Grant, and then we'll, we'll continue, Lady Kelsey. We actually, I just had another thought. We'll circle back to that in just a second here. So, yeah. okay, Sir Grant, uh, the Yellow Knight. Well met, fellow knights. I would like to play a little game. Oh, this is a tough one, by yeah. the way. And so, not only do we have I think it's the like ghost, one of these seven questions type. Thing, well, this yeah. is great. It's actually it's actually a really good um, way of deducing information. Yeah, kind of, kind of, you know, kind of deducting down to. to the, the core of this. So um, he says, Well, Matt, fellow knights, so I'd like to play a little game. I like to ask myself a series of questions to guess the true intentions of people. Okay, so here are the questions mm-hmm. Who is the actual ruler of the Seven Kingdoms? Who has been known to drive people mad? Who were the first inhabitants of Westeros? We know King Ares was mad, but what happened to him? Did Blood Raven control his mind, similar to Bran controlling Hodor? Is the three-eyed crow manipulating past and present, controlling the seven kingdoms to his desire? Could the three-eyed crow be choosing future heroes for the great war to come? Where in the hierarchy do the children of the forest fit? Uh, what I know for sure is I need more information. Winds of Winter. Yeah. Yes, true. We all do. <laughs> uh, we all do. Um, figuring out how the three, how how these pieces. Uh, so here are the pieces. Uh, work together here these these are the pieces he's talking about so the three-eyed crow the others the children of the forest starks and the old gods so i need to figure out how those fit together um you know they've been a little clouded in the tv series yes. looking forward to your opinions uh, opinions you might give keep up the good work uh i'll leave uh, his house words i love this the yellow knight uh fit to fight mm-hmm. great actually, so. Uh, thank you, Sir Grant. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, that is sort of what I've been kind of, uh, for the last couple of weeks, trying to boil things down to, is how do all these things work? I think you had a lot of correspondence with Lord Adam Parker on this. I was kind of watching from a distance um, about, he, he had a lot of things to say, I think, on yeah, I the me. Three-Eyed Crow and, and, yeah, uh, and the Old I'll, Gods. I'll pull, you know? I'll pull that up while you're on. Uh, um, okay. You're here. So, um, so, who's the actual ruler of the Seven Kingdoms? You know, it's basically, I think you take it All the way to the top as we did on Monday. You know, who is moving the pieces? You know, um, basically the question here, I think, you know, uh that Sir Grant's driving at, you've got King Ares, you know, um, when he is ruling, um, you've got someone perhaps, maybe Blood Raven, controlling him. Well, who's controlling Bloodraven? You know, is it the three eyed crow? And is the three eyed crow just uh, you know, um manifestation of the great other is that how he appears to us is that what we call him the three eyed crow but really it's this this great other god you know and then you get into the old gods and the children how do they fit into this so really it is who is manipulate who's the um puppet master right you've got a puppet the mad king um you know and 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 other you know um great lords and things you've often said this sir matt has said that blood raven you know, is behind everything. Okay? Uh, Perhaps yeah. behind everything. Well then the question for me is, who's behind him? He's just a man. He's just uh the last of the green seers. How do the gods play into this? You know, and, and I will say, uh in, in So Spake Martin, you know, one of the things that he said is that um no god is going to just step out onto Westeros and the gods aren't gonna come down to 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 duke it out, right. is, essentially. You know they're, they're gonna use they're people. playing this game th- th- themselves um, so the way I have been trying to um, to think about this the old gods and the werewoods right and 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 um, oh gosh more gods of nature okay and, and i I just started thinking about this 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 week rolllore being the, the the Lord of light you know fire those mm-hmm. types of things, and the old gods. Um, seem to be like um, the gods of the of the earth and nature and springs and and and, uh, and trees and stuff like that and then but also, as I just read in brand three a dance of dragons, there's a lot of this um, them being in the earth, they talk a lot about the darkness and letting the darkness consume you and being okay with being in dark places. Um, so I really don't know how how the old gods match up against the great other. Melisandre sees, you know, um, the great other in her in her flame. So you've got her rolor, her her god, you know, seeing the great other. But then you think about the old gods. What part do they play? So I guess I'm going to try to not. Um, let's put these in, d- in different categories. Let's say that the great other and 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 the others, mm-hmm. you know, and the whites, white walkers, whatever. They're all in one branch. They are in the land of always winter. That's where they belong. That's where they're at. Okay. And let's say the children of the forest belong, you know, they worship the old gods and the werewoods are a part of that. And they just now have been moved north of the wall. Sometimes I think because of proximity, we think that they're, I, I sometimes have made the mistake of thinking that they're a little closer to the great other than I would like, but they could still be maybe not the nicest or the best or the prettiest of gods, right. they could still deal in dark shadows and, you know, and in the earth. And it seems creepy when Brand's in there with them. And it seems very weird, you know, um, uh, but perhaps, but yeah. so, so there's that whole group. So you've got the others, the old gods and R'hllor. And then, as we said, we've got the seven and all the, all the other groups, but the major players right now are the others and and Rolore, those seem to be the two that are kind of rising right now that are going to fight this song of ice and fire, but it seems like the old gods are in the middle, kind of directing things in some way, right like they've gone away, people forget them, they're kind of this forgotten mm-hmm. you know group that's that was worshipped. and I don't know, you know that's I, I'm, st- I'm just trying to separate the the, the three and, and think about them in that way. So. Yeah, I
1: mean it's kind of like um, you know the gods are playing the Game of Thrones. You know, as as yeah. as, 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 you, as you think about it, you know you have the seven that came over, and they kind of took away most of the old gods, but then some of the they stayed. And like, remember on Pike, we we met, talked about how um, they tried to instill the old gods, but then it didn't work. The drowned god stayed, um, right? It just it just kind of happened to be there. So you got to I guess think that that the that these gods are kind of playing you know the game of thrones as
0: well and they're going to use their yeah their weapons to to fight each other let's do this real quick uh i'm going to ask you a couple of questions sir matt and it's they're, they're they're easy but i just want put them just use your gut and tell me where of those three different guys you've got the great other mm-hmm. you've got the old gods in the middle and then on my right you've got um relor the lord of light so if i said three-eyed crow yeah where does that go where does that go with the Great Other? Does that go with the Old Gods? Or does that go with R'hllor?
1: Well, Definitely not R'hllor. Well, right? here's the thing, is that the Great Other is what I would consider an Old God. Okay, that's what I want to yeah, say. That's, is, why, that's is, what is I, I don't I, know. I think, I think they, they go together. And this is this is the thing. Is it's so all you about, wouldn't separate them that much? No, 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 no. It's all about perspective. The more I'm starting to look at it is they're in, I think it's John 1 or 2. It's the chapter in A Dance of Dragons where... Melisandre is destroying the so-called Horn of Joramund. Right, mm-hmm. remember she mm-hmm. takes it and she lets yep. it, they let all the wildlings through, and they say as right. long as you swear to Relore, and then she gives them like pieces of weirwood yep. to cast into this fire. Yep. Um, and there's just some interesting there's some interesting lines there. I just listened to it today. So, um, where it's John's perspective and uh he's talking about like egret and he says like you know like egret was kissed by fire right the hair he's like but mm-hmm. melisandre who also has red hair yep. is fire mm-hmm. yep. and he and he taught and he talks about that and then also when i just kind of think about the gods you know, think about this from the children's perspective they were just there right yeah they were there in westeros and then you have like the andals and the first Men yep. and the valyrian and all these people come over yep. and force them out and tear down their trees yep and you know so from their perspective yeah
0: you know that like they're the ones being oppressed absolutely yeah like (laughs) yeah um so they back in the day they worshiped the old gods yeah this is where it gets confusing to me right is that when the so you would you you would lump in the children so here's my question then though are the children working with so because as you said they worship they worship the old gods and if you lump the the old gods in with the great other then does that mean the children are working with The other, the other possibly or they or or
1: or it could be or it could be separate because um, it's God's plural. So maybe there's
0: something else there. Well,
1: we'll think about this is that the gods also probably evolve and change over time. Right. Like, think about the many faced God. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, And then like Jack and Jahar. Um, t- tells Arya like, well, because they were going to die, right? Remember, they were going to burn to death in the mm-hmm. in the in the cage. And Arya lets them out, and that's how she gets the three things. He's like, you caused Relor- you've you've cost Relore, essentially the Lord of Light three deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, but then later they talk about you know that there is the you know just there's like the God of Death and there's all these different yeah all these all these different gods and some people think that the House of the um, Black and White you know, say that correctly, uh-huh. they actually work for the Great Other, um, which is also like the God of Death. And Melisandre actually kind of explains it a little bit. Um, obviously, it's from her perspective. It's in the chapter of uh, A Storm of Swords or A Clash of Kings, uh, one of the two. Um, no, it's a Storm... I think it's A Clash of Kings, where Davos is in the cell, mm-hmm. um, and she's going to take the light away, and she tells them all about it, and she says, you know, light and death, ice and fire, all of this kind of stuff. So I like I think that they evolve over time and they'll pick different people to kind of be their champions and stuff like that. So, um, right, I, I don't know. But then you have like uh, Leaf, right, and the children who are helping are helping the Three Eyed Crow, right, and they have right. magic to keep the whites out. So if they if the if the whites were to say work for the great other. And the three-eyed crow is also working for the, for the Great Other. Then why would they need to protect themselves from the whites? Gotcha. But then again, wait, say that one more time. Okay, so you have the children of the forest, correct? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, if if they were working for the Great Other, which some people believe, mm-hmm. why yeah. would they be protecting the three-eyed crow, who could work for the Great Other? And ha- need to have a, a cave with magic around it so that whites didn't attack them. If whites also, I think, is safe to say, worked for them. Right, I'm just crew. saying because
0: when I ask you, yeah, you know, earlier you said you this that you said that the other that the great other could be one of the old gods. Well, I think it is.
1: I think it is an old god. I almost the way that they just describe old gods is just kind of
0: it's. Let me bring a little clarity. It's to this it's again. yeah
1: it's 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 different. It's it's I think I think it's more of like think about how like Native Americans view re- like religion or at least, you know, like did back in the day, I, um, you know, where it's kind of like the stream, you know, there's other religions that kind of view Wait. that where they, where they view like, okay, trees and all, everything kind of has its own purpose, its own God. Mm-hmm. That's what I think they refer to as the old gods. And the seven kind of have chosen these like seven aspects or like champions like the mother and stuff like that, and even the seven has what is it? The um, uh, what is their what is their uh, one of death? Uh,
0: stranger, the stranger, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So they have like you know they just view it differently. Yeah. Okay, here let's bring a little clarity to this because I, I went ahead and looked up a few things here. Yeah. Uh, the old gods are nameless deities of stream, forest, and stone. They were worshipped in the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros and beyond the Wall. They are so named because the faith of the Seven became the new gods when the Andals, you know, um, you know, came into Westeros. Um, let's see. They are the, this religion is still practiced by Northern men, Crannog men, and and free folk. So those are the, the the groups that still worship the old gods. The old gods are are based out of like this sort of um, Wicca Celtic system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the free folk beyond the wall believe that the gods are everywhere in the rocks, the streams, the birds, the beast, uh, and that they take, um, the decent down into the, the deceased down into the earth and, and trees. Maestros teach that the werewoods are, are sacred to the old gods. Um, you know, however, worshippers believe that the old gods watch through the trees. It's said that the old gods only have power where the heart tree faces can see. And since the destruction of most of the, most of the heart trees in the South, South, they have no power there. Now, Another thing I just read on, on Rolore. But isn't the uh, Isle, Isle of Faces
1: down there? That's where all the Weirwoods are?
0: Yeah, it's kind of towards the, uh, the Neck, though. It's just south of the Neck. It's like right by Harrenhal. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's so, but there's still a lot of south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Dorne and there's yeah, some, yeah, yeah. And the Reach and everything. Uh, or the Westerlands and stuff like that. Um, now, Rolore though. In the R'hllor faith, there are two... Uh, you have Relor, the Lord of Light, and then you have, like, the Great Other. So, um, as they call the Great Other here, Melisandre would say, the Great Other is the God of darkness, cold, and death in the faith of Relor." So, it's something that's inside that faith. Right. So, I think that helps me understand a little bit better because inside of the Relor faith, there is just one God, which is Relor, and then his opposite, the Great Other. His true name is never spoken. He is considered the enemy of R'hllor, uh, who is the Lord of Light. Uh, followers of R'hllor believe that there are only two gods, R'hllor and the Great Other, who wage an eternal war over the fate of the of the world. All forces uh, of darkness, cold, and death are believed to be servants of the Great Other. Uh, Melisandre refers to the Others as the cold children of the Great Other. The Great Other has never been mentioned by any Westerosi, although all know the Others from legend. According to Melisandre, sleep... Um, is a little death. Dreams are whisperings of the other who would drag everyone into his eternal night. Now, so when you think about dreams, the things that Bran—this is why it's been—it's been tough. The old gods, um, people start to kind of see that, like, like giving over to um, tree dreams, you know, mm-hmm. and wolf dreams, things like that. And then when Melisandre says something like, you know, dreams are whisperings of the other who would drag everyone into his eternal night, dreaming being something you do at nighttime, you know, and the long night coming and being associated with the great other. I think there's, that, that's, does that make a little more sense? Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, and so it helps me anyways. Um, I, I think the faith of the seven is just a, psh- facade it's not nothing there is no power there at all it's just something that they it's a hierarchy that they set a system of power and controls it's another whatever i could be wrong but i'm just saying that's my that's my thought i mean but now real quick the the, the children the the children of the forest though they worship the earth and the and the, the trees and the and the ground and the streams and the birds and the beast and the land or whatever and that is not what the great other you know um, is all about so it, you, I guess in my head I have to kind of separate the two so here's the thing in Melisandre's view when she looks at remember when she sees in her flames and she sees Bran and she sees she sees um, the three eyed crow slash Brendan Rivers yeah. she thinks they're servants of the great other so she, she puts she in her mind lumps the old gods in with the great other which is confusing to some of us but maybe there's again from that's just her point of view Um, there's a misunderstanding and the others are separate that's why I put them in three separate categories to begin with on my left I have the great other in the middle I have the old gods and on the right I have uh R'hllor R'hllor and the great other are fighting over top of the old gods and the old gods are underneath just kind of forgotten Mm -hmm. they're like lesser weaker gods kind of like mother roin from Essos Mm -hmm. a god that really is not a big player anymore perhaps or something and again, they all could be one and the same. <laughs> it yeah. could just be just what we call them and what we term them. Well, like know? right like right here, I have, I have the, the stranger pulled up. The
1: stranger is one of the seven aspects of a single deity. Believer uh, Believers of the faith of seven consider their God to be one with seven aspects. Yep. So they actually, maybe not entirely like Christianity, where you kind of have like the... Uh, Trinity. The Trinity, yeah, mm-hmm. like where you've got like the, the three different aspects of it. Um, I guess that's not a really good example, because in Christianity, you just kind of have one God and you don't He doesn't really well I guess he kind of does multiple things I don't know but um so yeah you know I don't know when it it comes to like just think about um religion though in our world like we'll just take Christianity for example it could be now Gur has never said this um but that people have different understandings everybody Mm -hmm. has their own kind of different understanding of religion yeah because and when we when you look at Christianity I mean which which version of Christianity is, is right. You know, you've got like how many, there's like thousands of sects of Christianity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think you and I are even the same. We grew up the same like sect of Christianity and totally different. Totally, like different. totally, yeah. totally, oh, yeah. totally different. Oh like, yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: And I think that's exactly what Gurr's trying to show, right? In his in his writing. But I want to. There's elements of fantasy here, and yeah, I want there I wanna, was too. Yeah, for sure. I, I want to make one more note here uh, while we're talking about the Great Other, because then we'll move on to more Ravens. Uh, but this is what happens. Um, so at the wall, when as I said, when she's gazing into the flame, she sees a wooden face, corpse white a thousand red eyes and a boy with a wolf's head beside him she mm-hmm. thinks to herself that they must be the great others champions um as king stannis is her real champion you know further evidence in the text uh ties the last green seer brendan rivers and the old gods and brand stark to the theme of darkness mm-hmm. okay that draws the great other into opposition with relore so one of the visions that she has you know um Let's see. Oh, oh, actually, uh, Bloodraven and, and Bran have this exchange, I think. Um, there he sat, listening to the hoarse whispers of his teacher. And his teacher says this. Never fear the darkness, Bran. The Lord's words were accompanied by a faint rustling of wood and leaf, a slight twisting of his head. The strongest trees are rooted in dark places of the earth. Darkness will be your cloak, your shield, your mother's milk darkness will make you strong and actually bran when he drinks the werewood paste that from the seeds right. he is actually wetting himself to the tree the, the werewood tree so it's just the it's just the fact that that it is seems so dark and shady and mm-hmm. uh, get that yeah. shade tree you know yep. shady <laughs> yeah <laughs> that there's some kind of uh that, there, that there's that, that millisandre i can see why Melisandre makes that mistake but yeah. perhaps they are very different things right so yeah, just really. And two two last points here on, okay.
1: on this. And I think I've I mentioned this before is like if you look at Essos, um, like the Dothraki you worship horse, like yeah. there's a horse, right? Yeah. Like and the great stallion and stuff like that. Like if you look at what the children are worshiping, that's like the same type of thing, mm-hmm. like that. Like to like if that were in Westeros, you would say, well, that's an old god. Yeah, you, you know right, right same type of thing. And it could be, um, and it could be. Now I I've, I think I have brought this up before, and I'm gonna reference something totally nerdy here, but. In Zena Warrior Princess, right. she <laughs> in Zena Warrior Princess. What kind of happens is um, you have like you know you have like the Greek right gods right, and they they end up kind of dying out because nobody's worshiping them anymore. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. like you kind of have like you know like just the regular god kind of come in um, because everyone starts to worship him. They don't. They kind of change the way they do it in that show but um and maybe that is actually kind of what is happening here is that these gods you know we, we talked about like mother roin like the turtle god or whatever and it just kind of gets wiped out and so it's kind of it's kind of like whoever's worshiping them like that's how they get power
0: yeah yep well that's something i mean that's a theme in, in game of thrones and the whole since song of ice and fire you know series is Tyrion when he tells his um riddle i think he's talking to Varys, or i'm not sure who it is but he's talking about you know the king the swordsman and the rich man Mm -hmm. who has the power and then power is in who you believe is it is it in is it in money is it in is it in a king who's who maybe that's the ultimate maybe that is
1: the ultimate thing is whoever you believe has power is ultimately who has power yeah because look at um look at uh when the high septum the sparrows right yeah. When they suddenly, out of nowhere, claim control because they've kidnapped Cersei, and then you know what I mean, and and Tommen keeps going there and praying with Marjorie, and then the next thing you know, they're in control, like uh-huh. out of nowhere. Yeah. So.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right, let's get back to um, some of these. You know, Sir Grant, I'm not so sure I answered any of that, but I just wanted to kind of <laughs> get into the how are they all related? Um, where do the Starks stand? Who's who's allied with who? Who's the major? You know, puppet master type of thing, pulling the strings. Is there anyone, you know, Could, type yeah. of thing? Is it all just sort of a, uh, you know, I don't know. Okay, Lady Jade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: I'll re- um, go for it. I'll read this. Yeah, new, uh, new kind of person here. This is kind of cool. She kind of yeah. sent us
0: a a double.
1: She sent us one and then kind of came back to it um, from England. And I will say this: we've been getting a lot of people from England and Norway, and it's just crazy. It's time for us to travel. It is time for us. Is I just got my passport, so I'm good to go. Okay, um, but it's just crazy. Like every time I see, every time we see somebody from like a different country, it's just like, yeah. Wow.
0: I am going to Scotland next year, so yeah. if if uh, next summer, if yeah. I have anybody from Scotland who wants to kind of get yeah. together and record a little bit, let yeah. me
1: know. I think I'm, I'm going to Jamaica early next year. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't know if we have any listeners from Jamaica, <laughs> but if we do, hey, you know, yeah,
0: yeah. All,
1: um, right. all right. Hi, my name is Jade. I'm from England. I listen to your podcast on my one-hour stroll into work, then back. I have a theory, but I'm unsure if you have spoken about it. I'm sure, as you've pretty much covered all bases so far. Um, so Jamie is on his way to Winterfell, where I think he will join with John. This is show. Uh, yep, kind of base. Uh, where I think he will join with John in fighting the big fight with the Whites. I believe Jamie will die a valiant death. Arya will steal his face, go to King's Landing, kill Cersei as Jamie, which technically would fulfill the Valonqar prophecy. What do you think? And then she kind of adds on here. I'm um, going from my previous email, listening to your recent podcast about Azora High or the princess or prince that was promised. Could it be Bran of Tarth? Could Bran of Tarth be the one to kill Jaime um, and use Oathkeeper to be Lightbringer? Then Arya takes Jamie's face. Same thing, right? God, so just, I just love Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So do we? Yes, I do.
0: Same, Lady Jade. Um, you know, I think the piece where she says, um... "So it's, yeah, the Jamie. Well, and inserting, you know, um, Brienne of Tarth, Ins- yeah. you know, killing Jaime, um, you know, a lion and her love. That's mm-hmm. interesting. It's an interesting twist. It wouldn't necessarily then be him that would go kill Cersei. But as she says, yeah. Arya would take, um, you know, take Jamie's face and go, which one do you prefer? Which one do you think it's? You know, more likely to be is it just Jamie himself that go that, that would go and kill his sister or would it be Arya, ticking someone off of her list but wearing Jamie's face? Pretty cool, actually. Thought. Yeah, I hope not. I'm actually starting to come up with
1: my own idea about Jamie uh, that I kind of told you. Yeah. you were like, whoa, and I, I'm yeah. still I haven't figured it all out yet, but it's 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 uh, it's something I kind of want to save mm-hmm. um, for a bit. But I guess I I am more in the idea. I guess I, to me, I think it would be cool. There is gonna be that Jamie Brienne thing, and I don't know how it's gonna, yeah, how it's gonna factor in. Um, we actually had a little further. Um, we were talking a little bit further. I just didn't put it in here. Uh, but we were talking specifically about if it was Oathkeeper to be Lightbringer, which would be kind of cool because Oathkeeper was forged from ice. Yeah. And it was yeah. ice was destroyed with fire, mm-hmm. right. right? And then forged into two different swords. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yep. uh, could be kind of cool. We then, then then at one point where we said something about like we should just go help Ger right when's a winner. And I said yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> how I should... would love yeah. to, <laughs> but yeah. So I I do think there is going to be something to do with um, with Oathkeeper,
0: yeah. And uh, I don't know. I I think Jamie is. As you said, um, more There is something else, you know. That, that I don't think he's going. I don't think someone, anyone's going to wear his face. I think that's giving Arya too much. We've already seen that she doesn't get to tick off everybody on her list, you know. Yeah. And actually, if anyone needed to tick, I mean, that would be Sansa. I would give that. I would give that. Um, you know, showdown yeah. to Sansa in some. You know, using as you said last week, what Cersei has taught her to kind of overthrow. Cersei, yeah. there's so many different possibilities yeah. that you could go with. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, but, I'm gonna
1: toss something out here that I was actually thinking about throwing in, which is my own theory. Okay, this is remember wrote yesterday when I said, yep, "Hey, I got my I own do. theory here. Is it possible? Hear me out. That Cersei is Azor high? and hear me out. I, yeah. <laughs> in that she like, she does kind of fulfill say the Mad King thing. Uh Where except she she kills the Night King with wildfire blows up King's Landing like sacrifices herself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to blow up King's Landing and maybe she does it in order to somehow like save Jamie
0: or, or something you know what I mean well wouldn't it be something I mean interesting that by the way as you can clearly see. All theories are safe on Fallout right? Friday. Oh yeah, you just throw them all out. <laughs> just throw them all out there, you know. But uh, okay, think about this. If if Cersei, I, I would, I actually, whether it's her with her dying breath or, or at the last moment, you know, when someone that look in their eye where they're like, it's almost like they've like a sickness has consumed them and they've just been mm-hmm. heartbroken or, or just in living in misery or whatever. And then at the end, right at the end, it's bittersweet right. kind of right. But then they realize how much they she loves Jamie and then she she's pushed him away or whatever but then she kind of comes back right. at that last second you know right, yeah. um a, a, a slight little redeeming thing and it could yeah. be something like saving everyone in King's Landing yeah. where she was willing to destroy right. all of them before And you know you know the funny thing is it seems like
1: everyone has just because Tyrion seems so obvious yeah and that's who she's worried about it's going to be the entire time mm-hmm. she's worried it's going to be Tyrion cuz he is still little brother yeah yeah um it's going to be Tyrion that Kills her off. That everyone has just assumed it's Jamie. So yeah. like, that guy seems too obvious. Yeah, like yeah. and so everyone's like, it's going to be
0: Jamie. <clears throat> okay, here's a question for you. Uh, talking about Cersei, you know, it starts off. Jamie is just a jerk. Yeah. Uh, Jamie and Cersei both are kind of like they're a bunch of whatever's blah, blah blah. And then once even you know, there's there's subtle hinting that Jamie there's more to his story than meets the eye. But we still overwhelmingly just sort of like an ass, you right. know. But then once his hand is taken from him. These truths come out. Mm-hmm. And with, with one swing of the sword, we're like, we are behind him. We're like, oh my gosh, this yeah. guy is, there's something here, you know? That's never happened really with Cersei, yeah. has it? Where all of a sudden, as readers, we've kind of seen. No,
1: said, I, would say, I would say there is. Um, and what do you I, think it is? And I would say is a, it's a storm of swords where you start getting the Cersei chapters and it's after Tywin's dead and you start to see you get like the Maggie, the frog thing. And I think you get to start to see into her insight. And then even in the show, mm-hmm. um, I was kind of starting to root for Cersei once she gets kidnapped. Oh, there you go. Once she gets taken or, by yeah, the sparrow. Or, or arrested. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah is yeah. when you kind of when you kind of get to see it. Um, but I think it's it is better in the books because. Yeah. yeah. Um, when she's kind of ruling uh, uh uh she's kind of having these interactions with Tommen mm-hmm. and she's really you really get to see that she's kind of doing it because she really does love her kids mm-hmm. that is ultimately yep. her driving force is her family yep. um, and i'm actually really started to just like cersei more as as a character yeah um interesting be- because and i'll say this is that cersei like when you look at every Every, every character, you kind of get... um, Gyr says he writes great characters. You get this, like, what holds them back? Jon's a bastard. Tyrion's a dwarf. Jaime loses his hand. He's also, like, in the Kingsguard. So nobody can ever really fulfill all they want to fulfill. And Cersei, her entire thing is that she should be... Like, she wants to be... She's like, I should be the heir to Casterly Rock. Mm-hmm. She's ultimately held back because she is a woman yep. living in this society. She actually would... If she were a male, she would be... Major player. A, a, I mean, she ma- is already, but, you she, know. I mean, be, she is. And that's ultimately what holds her back is that she, like, is the smartest. And she is, right, right. like, the best schemer. Well, and she has those ambitions that Jamie has, doesn't have. That she, Yeah, know. doesn't have. And in the show, you get to see it where she um, t- talks to Tywin and, and she's like, I should be there. Like, that isn't in the books, but it still looks great. It's yeah. another great thing. And and that she's ultimately held back because she's a woman living in, you know, medieval society where women have no rights. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. But.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I was again just, uh, talking about Gura's interview. He talks about that actually. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's actually why he kind of you know people have. There's been some people who try to like criticize him a little bit because like this treatment of women and in this series. He's like, I'm like, this is all driven from history. You know, he's, yeah. he's been very open about you know, um, you know how where he where he kind of pulls as Regine's going to highlight later the War of Roses and things that we're going to talk about. Yeah. You know, there's a lot there that uh, that he pulled from history, and it's unfortunate, but that's where it kind of came from. So yeah. you know, but. But it's neat because, like, we we do see, you know, people like Brienne of Tarth, you know, and and Cersei is, then does become, in the show at least, she is then queen. You know what I mean? Um, Well, and and even Daenerys. Daenerys. Yeah, Daenerys, exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. Everything,
1: Daenerys has to come over because she's a woman. And also, think about this. This is just something interesting is, like... We it really it's really felt like these past couple of years, especially with like superhero movies and stuff like that, where we really okay, we're finally starting to get like good, strong female characters
0: mm-hmm. and things, even television shows and stuff like that. But Gur was writing this in like the nineties. Oh I know, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. yep. you know, so Yep. Well, even in his line of kings and things that he had drawn up in his mind, you know, um, he had he had famous, you know, women and rulers and things, yeah. you know, as a part of it. Not even
1: Aria, I mean Arya, people love Aria. Oh love, yeah, yeah, exactly,
0: absolutely. So Okay, uh Lady Jade, thank you very much. Look forward to uh hearing from you again. Um All right, yeah. sir Matt.
1: Uh trivia time. All right, so uh trivia question here. What is Marjorie Tyrell
0: accused of using that leads to her arrest? Yeah. Hey, I'm kinda of proud of myself. I mean I didn't get the I I, I got this one, sort of. Kind yeah. of. Yeah you know. You didn't, yeah. You, I thought it out you, loud. You, yeah, and you, you, I, you, you knew like
1: kind of what it was, but you just had a, yeah. The name is like there's a specific, there's name. a very specific name. Yeah.
0: So um, please, please try to include that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So.
1: yeah. I, I want, I want the specific name. Um, I guess I'll even give a hint. Kind of this year, it's, it's uh, Grandmaster Paisalu. Kind of confirms that she's using this, mm-hmm. and that's ultimate. It, it's she's accused of doing something, but this is kind of the solidifier. Sure. Yeah. 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 So yep all right here let's move on to lady uh kelly uh, marino here hey sir ezra the watchful and sir matt the bud knight first off i would like to say that your podcast is amazing thank you for all the fascinating history and book discussion breakdown for the first time readers like me thank you yeah thank you lady Kelly. seriously anytime we get comments like that we got a review on itunes the other day like i was Sorry, right we're not like really in tears. It was amazing. Yeah, just, we'll, we'll reference it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll pull at, it up at the end. Yeah, here. Um, just a thought while I had watching a recent interview with Amelia Clark. I noticed her short blonde hairstyle. At first, I thought she must be trying to embrace her character for the final season. But after second thought, uh, what if she dyed her hair and cut it short because she was defeated in battle and didn't want to wear a wig? The Dothraki cut their braids when defeated in battle, and she is a great Khaleesi after all. Would love to know your thoughts on
0: this. That's interesting. Yeah. For sure, um, yeah. I mean, so, gosh, in this season, then that would mean she's defeated. Because they just in they like just they just finished filming. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. But that would mean she's she's defeated somewhere in, in Westeros in, in a major battle, but doesn't die. Doesn't die. Uh huh. And cuts her braid. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's not uh, defeated in the uh, in, in the war to win to to end all wars. There, you know, but that would be interesting.
1: Um, that would be a cool thing because that means she would somehow lose but still live, right? Because yeah. I think if you just assume she would lose, she would die. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Jon Snow dies, and maybe she wins the whole thing, but she realizes that what it took her to win, like she lost more than you know, she lost her children. She so maybe she loses all of her dragons and say Jon
0: Snow. Yeah.
1: Um, but they'll say she's pregnant. So, you know, still kind of like a bittersweet ending. And so she decides to cut her hair because she is a Khaleesi after all. And she's yeah, that's like, interesting. She, and she and it's more of like a self kind of thing. She's like, I got everything I wanted. I got the throne I've been seeking. But to do it, I lost so much. Like she thinks back maybe to Dario Nahara. She lost her brother. I mean, he was a dick, but she lost her brother. She lost Cal Drogo.
0: That would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It uh, could also simply be Hollywood. She well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I i was trying to think of, you know, uh, Daenerys, which type of queen is she really trying to embrace? Is she trying to become, you know, like she's under that Khaleesi type of, she, she's such an interesting. She has a mix of so much. Uh, yeah, of so many different uh, backgrounds and her path to power, right. you know. Um, Maybe that's what she views. Is she's maybe like unlike Aegon who
1: come Aegon the Conqueror who comes and tries to embrace that. She's like, no, I want to break the wheel. I'm just going to do things my
0: way. Yeah, and you know something um, that that I think it's uh, Quaithe kind of talks about. You know, is always trying to tell her that she needs to, what is it? She needs to go east to to go west, north mm-hmm. to go south. You know that she needs to go back to go forward, and it's almost like she needs to go as far back to her roots to her heritage. You know, as far back as, as to, you know, Dragonstone and mm-hmm. Fire and Blood. Because mm-hmm. along the way, she's, she's turned into Khaleesi. And then she goes to Marine and, and Yunkai. Mm-hmm. And when she's there, she adopts their ways. She lets the, She's against sli- uh, you know, slavery, but uh, she lets them, you know, put people in the pits. The, 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 the fighting, you know, go right. on there. She doesn't want her dragons really chained up, but she allows it to be. She she's becomes a peacemaker versus just ruling with Fire and Blood. So I've kinda of wondered, you know, what does she uh ultimately I think to win Westeros and to be who she needs to be, she has to as, as Quaith says, she has to go back to go forward. Yeah. So she's gonna have to undo these things. That's really what's happening to her in a Dance of Dragons at the end. She has this, um I don't know, she eats berries, she's got uh, di- she almost has like dysentery and things mm-hmm. going on. I mean, she's out there with her dragon, uh, eating raw meats and crazy mm-hmm. stuff, you know, when he's there and that's right before Um, the Kalisar shows up or whatever, and, and she's kind of rescued and saved by them, which is full circle type of thing. Um, but she has to decide at that point to come back. And I think they did this in the show. She comes back and it's just, no, it's fire and blood time. You know, it's just time to kind of reign and rule. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know if she would be that type of, if she's really holding to her Dothraki ways, you know, anymore. So I don't know. It's a really good question though. Yeah lady kelly lady kelly right yeah mm-hmm. lady yeah. kelly all right cool all right beans.
1: here we go here uh Regine, um yes. whose name we're never gonna last name we're never gonna try and pronounce ever again <laughs> uh greetings guys i am sorry i have not written to you in a while but life has been busy with exams and my teaching job but now i am on summer vacation and i am currently sitting in a cafe in oslo nice um, where i am visiting my friend thanks uh lily hammer okay yeah, Netflix show. Yeah, it's, and how I know some some Norwegian places and okay, but I think it, it's like a big city there. That's where you would fly into if you're gonna fly there. Maybe the capital. I don't know.
0: We should go visit.
1: Yeah, I'd be down. Uh, it's you know, yeah, the Winter Olympics were there one year. Anyway, um, I would like to continue sending. You- continue sending you history parallels that I and other people have found in the books. I've also decided uh, what my research question for my master's thesis will be. And I've been assigned a supervisor. My theme is fictionalization, mainly, mainly how the French uh, philosopher, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. Paul Ricoeur, I don't speak French. Uh-huh. Um, thinks about uh, fictionalization of a history in a narrative. My research will be to find parallels in the song of ice and fire books with our own history and discuss what, Function this has in Gers narrative I will indeed uh, it will indeed be a challenge but I'm looking forward to getting started and of course send you you guys materials for the podcast where hopefully people can listen and send in their own thoughts and parallels which could be useful for my paper yeah yeah last time I wrote to you uh, it was a, a very brief introduction to how Gurr has been inspired by the history Uh, What he's been inspired by in the history of Song of Ice Fire I mentioned the connection between the War of the Roses Westeros and England, King's Landing And London, and Cersei And Margaret of Anjou. Going with that Uh, This time I have uh, Some interesting stuff for you The term power is an important word In Westeros, just as it was in the period Of the War of the Roses in England uh, About 1450 to 1485 For those who have forgotten already Power was rather simple. Basically, the one who sat on the throne owned it, no matter how that person um, was, like uh, personality-wise. The only antidote for this dangerous use of power was for others to swear loyalty to the throne, the ones who did not usually get arrested and executed for treason. We find a similar situation and environment in the Game of Thrones series. We witness House Stark, who is loyal to the Baratheon regime, while Robert is still king. Uh, The loyalty bursts when Joffrey takes the throne and Ned Stark finds out he is not uh, a rightful heir to the throne. There is no secret that Joffrey is an immature brat king who abuses his power. The minute Ned Stark challenges the loyalties of the crown, he is accused of treason and gets executed. So this shows us basically how powerful the one and only king was in the medieval ages in England. Um, another cool uh, character parallel is King Edward IV of House York and Rob Stark. Edward was the first king from House York during the War of the Roses, and he was an, uh, an extremely intelligent commander in the field and an excellent war strategist. Wow. He won a great and important battle at the uh, Mortimer's Cross and secretly married Elizabeth Woodville, who did not come from a noble nor wealthy family. In Gurr's story, Rob Stark is also very talented in war context. He has a lot of allies in the north, like Edward IV, He is also appointed king, but only in the north, um, where they gather uh, to avenge the death of Ned Stark. He also wins an important battle against the Lannisters and takes Jaime Lannister prisoner. Rob also marries Jane Westerling, uh, Talicia from Volantis, in the show, even though he has promised Walter Frey to marry one of his daughters. The House Westerling in the book is noble, but not wealthy. There is a difference between um, the books and the show, and in the show it is more... Oh, sorry, you just typed something or something. Um oh god sorry you're moving the moving the thing around there sir Ezra by typing uh where was i uh there's uh, uh, nevertheless we see multiple clear parallels between the historic figure and the fictional character i hope you find this as interesting as i do and again i really want to say how much i love your podcast keep up the good work many of my friends here in norway have started to listen to your podcast uh after you had the episode with my inputs in it which is very cool my mom and dad also thought it was pretty awesome have a great summer i promise to update you um as soon as I start working on my master's thesis. With that, I give you a quote from the departed Tim Bergling, aka Avicii, which I find fitting for the Game of Thrones universe. Uh, water is sweet, but blood is thicker. Mm. Best regards, Regine
0: Oss. Oss, or as she says in parentheses, <laughs> you know, Assland. Okay. Yeah, I believe it is like Oss, like
1: A A S, like a Hoss Cat. H- hoss, Haas, os, Ossland. Yeah, you know, Sir Ezra and
0: I. We, we. It's Ossland.
1: I got think, it. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Hoss cat.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Got it. Regine, thank you. That's that's honestly really cool. You know, I um, she's totally right, and, and I I know other people. You know, other people knew this. I had no idea. Um, I was when I started out reading, you know, Game of Thrones and A World of Ice and Fire. I was just reading it for the plot, the story, what the characters, that kind of stuff, and then I right. got into the man behind it all. You know, and you start to get in. Once you do that, then you have to get into his motivations. Mm-hmm. And so we were listening to his his uh, short little podcast that he had the other day or he said back in the day. Um, and then, like, as you said, interviews and inspirations and uh, totally correct. And that there is a lot of references to, uh, you know, these these characters and stuff, which mm-hmm. I don't know them all. And I don't know all the histories. Um, not, not even close. But it's amazing to me that, that Gert is as well versed in the histories. Um, you know, at, at, he's he's a student of history. You Mm -hmm. know, so uh, yeah, so I looked up Edward
1: the Fourth of England. Uh, that is one area where I'm just not all super familiar with history. Is kind of once you get past the Crusades, is I kind of lose just kind of track of European history. Um, once like the Roman Empire is done, anyway, Edward the Fourth was King of England from March 4th, 1461 to the 3rd of October, 1470. So, and then again. Uh, from 1471 until his death in 1483. Uh, the first half of his rule was married with violence associated with the War of Roses, but he overcame the Lancastrian, uh, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, a challenge to the throne. Um, before he became king, he was do uh, all this kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, actually, so he um, yeah, he's like a kind of a brilliant um, strategist, wins tons of wars, um, and then he kind of dies uh, just... Um, when he when he dies, it's just kind of uh, he just had a bunch of ailments, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, uh, just kind of a, a things like thing like that. But um, yeah, it says he was a uh, extremely capable and daring military commander. He crushed the House Lancaster in a series of spectacular military vic- uh, victories. He was popular and very able king, despite his occasional political setbacks. Um, usually from the Machiavellian rival Louis the Eleventh of France um and yeah just kind of some similarities to rob stark and that rob's a pretty good military commander right um, just mm-hmm. i don't that is something i just find i do just find odd is how, just how good rob is against tywin lannister in terms of military strategy uh you know i don't i i actually think it
0: may um maybe it's just the northerners is that they're they're fighting for a different cause well it's also too i mean i think Tywin's strengths, you know, he was hand of the king, right? And right. he was more of a, he's know, more of like a political
1: strategist. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly, and, and like you know, g- gaining revenues and how to how to run a kingdom, not how to win a kingdom in war. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of always his thing. He sits on the side, sort of waiting to see how these things will play out. He is very still, you know, um, a tactician. Oh, right. yeah. yeah, you know, he's got that he's got that mind. But the young wolf is also, you know, sometimes too, you get young blood in there to, to kind of like you know, think about things differently, try things, he's a little more riskier, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't, he doesn't fall in line with the traditional way of doing things, um, you know, and when's yeah. the last time the North really, you know, that, that, that Taiwan has seen them, you know, in action type of thing, I mean, it, right. Robert's Rebellion, um, the Greyjoy Rebellion, you know, stuff like that, so I don't know, it just... Uh, I think it's, I think you, it's also, if you look at, say, the American
1: Civil War, um, and this may be... Part of it, obviously, you flip the sides here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that the South, while the South was not as, you know, obviously didn't have the numbers that the North did, mm-hmm. the South had better military strategists, yeah. and the South also, if you think about the people that were fighting, because you're just grabbing whoever, right, to come fight for you. Yeah, you have armies and men, but you're just grabbing whoever, and the South had more skilled people because you just you weren't in cities and things like that. So you have like. Hunters and farmers and stuff like that, so they're just going to be quicker to adapt to the weaponry Well, it's probably the same in the north because the north is heavily wooded and stuff like that So even in like holdfast and stuff like that, the people are like hunting and things like that Where in the south, you kind of live more in cities and things Mm -hmm. like that And so you're you're not going to be as adept to just pick up these type of weaponry and stuff like that
0: yeah, that, that's a good point. It's almost like, you know, that if you're urbanized or whatever, you're in those big cities that you're kind of, you know, softer or that you're not um, not not used to the ways of war, perhaps, or just being as hardened as, as, a, as someone from the north, you know, even though you've got farmers and, and people who maybe hadn't held a sword, they still know those hardships or they still right. are just, they've got, I don't know, they're survivors, you know, type mm-hmm. of thing. So, I don't know. It's a good point. So... Um. Let's see. Anything else on? on, uh, on no, that's
1: it. There's, again. Thank you so much, uh, regime, for sending in like all of the research. Like is very well put together.
0: Yeah, it is, and I think I think uh, and also know, she's I, made the connections there for us. Really, yeah, um,
1: and um also the fact that she probably translates all of this stuff. She does
0: translate this. Yeah, it's
1: like very helpful because Google huge. Translate is pretty terrible. Uh, no, she did a beautiful job. It's yeah, amazing. It's amazing. actually. Yeah. yeah. And anyone else that does that translates it into English. Yeah, uh, you know, that's just something as Americans we don't do where we don't grow up learning multiple languages. So very unfortunate. My yeah, find. actually, actually is. it really yeah. is. <laughs> it really it really, it, I know, it really so, is. So um,
0: but one more thing to want to say. So she, uh, her being from from Norway, I actually believe my my mom traveled to Norway as a foreign exchange student. And I'm going to figure out where she which city she actually went to and what place she was at. I'm going to I'm going to send. Uh, regime, some of that information. See, just kind of figure out where that's at. I've always wanted yeah. to go. Oslo is the capital, actually. by the way. Is it the capital? Okay,
1: yeah, I love, I love looking up other countries and just seeing like what. Oh, are me they
0: too. People. I love. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really neat. I've always liked that that um, that area. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, right, let's move on here. Let's see. We've got our humble blacksmith Caleb. Mm-hmm. Here we go. We told, we said last Friday we would uh, we would save his email for this Friday, and here it is. Um, my dearest, goodest. Of lordious lords. <laughs> uh, a few episodes ago, you were speaking on Arya's concern uh, being bastard-born because of her resemblance to Jon Snow. I'm not exactly sure what chapter it is, but I distinctly remember a line stating Arya looking very much like Lyanna. Um, so just a hint from Gurr um, about Jon's true lineage. So using the the, the transitive property, this solidifies... Blank plus L equals J in a Song of Ice and Fire for me. So basically, saying well, you know what he's saying there is that like, doesn't matter who you put in that blank. That that L is 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 definitely you know a part of the equation. Yeah. You know, so Lyanna is the mother of John. But it may not be Rhaegar. Well, it could be. I mean, it could, it, it, it could be. It could be Rhaegar. Right. I, I understand. Yeah.
1: But he's saying blank, so it doesn't matter who. Doesn't
0: matter who. But he's just saying like right, Like I that part seems pretty. Pretty firm to him is that that somehow it is it is it is Liana, you know. So he goes on to say, your show is awesome, professional quality, and incredible insights. I'm a new listener as a few months ago. Can't get enough. Your humble blacksmith Caleb. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, Caleb. Caleb, Honestly,
1: anytime, seriously, guys, and I mean that. Anytime we get positive reviews, I just I'll like I'll 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 like text as, and I'll be like, yeah, sick. did you see that review? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's
0: well, it's such a good community because I mean. Your, your the the email like the ravens that we get are so in-depth man mm-hmm. i mean they're so um that th- they're full of uh you can tell you guys the, amount, read of re- and the amount of re- the amount of research it causes us to do
1: like we would just do the research in general mm-hmm. to do it but now yeah. it's it just helps because it just points us in the right direction because they're, they're just even with the the five just the main the five main series books we have right there's just so much yeah to cover and that doesn't even touch Duncan egg world of ice and fire the novellas just yeah. the show the show also impacts yeah. potential things
0: and just so much that's why that's why i follow friday is one of my favorites because you can go to all parts the histories mm-hmm. you know speculate green dreams beyond dance of dragons and get into the to the nitty-gritty of it so um you know i think it's neat i think caleb that's i, I it is very um huh yeah so i'm gonna yeah the, I, I have a passage i'm about to read about Arya and liana and um so I'll I'll read the ghost of Harrenhal's you know email Raven this week and then tie it back into what Caleb uh, has mm-hmm. said if that's okay go right ahead think that's okay okay so let's dive into um, the, the ghost of Hall has uh, you know sent us our our weekly correspondence here and this is a tough one and and it's actually there's not a lot here for me to for for me to go on and I've had to really kind of mm-hmm. uh, dig deep and I didn't come up with a whole lot so I might I might have disappointed the ghost this week but that's okay. I'm sure I'll get something else next week, or perhaps I'll get, uh, you know, more context or something from the ghost in the future. But mm-hmm. uh, I love the correspondence. So uh, the question is, is Sir Duncan the Tall's heir at the wall? So Sir Duncan the Tall's, you know, son or offspring heir, um, is his heir at the wall? Question, Sir Matt. The other question is, the old gods called to Theon specifically and helped him and helped him gain himself. Who else have the old gods called to? Um, so interesting. We've been talking about the old gods, and and uh, and we're actually... I hadn't brought up Sir Duncan the Tall yet. Maybe, um, perhaps, Sir Matt, you can kind of look into the Theon connection. I'm about to read a little something from uh, A Dance of Dragons that might shed a little bit of light on this. Okay, let's see. So I'm in... Uh, for some reason, A Dance of Dragons brand uh, 3 has just been... It just, it's just packed with information here, and I wanted to read a little connection that, that is made here. Um, so Bran gets his first taste of like jumping in with, with Brendan into the werewood and he, he kind of um, uh, shifts into he, – he jumps skin, right? He, he leaves his body and goes into the roots of the werewood and kind of takes off, right? And when he does that, he um, he sees right away his father – um, you know, back at Winterfell, and and he's just shocked, he's, he's, he can't believe this, um, his father's still alive, he actually comes back out, you know, telling Brendan, he's alive, my, my, my father's alive, he's there, he's in Winterfell, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that would make Bran say, I've got to go see him, I've got to go back, and and Brendan tells him no, you know, that, that you saw um, the past, he explains how, you know, um, he talks about this river passing by and how men live in the present, but trees, you know, stay rooted right there and what can watch the stream go by, you know, and they can see where it came from and where, where, where it went to type of thing. Um, and so then he heads back to, um, this little, this little alcove in the cave. This is when he's in the cave, by the way, with all of the uh, children of the forest, you know, and, and things he's in there with leaf. And, um, Jojin's real upset, you know, he's not doing well. I think he's kind of suicidal almost, like he's, he's staying uh, here in this cave, and he's not going to, I think he knows he's going to die. Mira is upset, Hodor is Hodor, you know, and he goes back, though he wants to tell Mira and Jojin what happened, and when he gets back, they're not there. And it's a little disturbing, they're not there. They, they, they've gone somewhere. Um, now it's a vast, big cave that goes on. You know, um, I think at one point they can get down to this river. Uh, it's 600 feet below the ground. You know, so um, he actually, when he lays down, he falls asleep. And when he falls asleep again, uh, let's see if I can find it here. Um, hmm. Faster, faster. Okay. So, oops, back up here a little bit. Okay. He is. He sees his. This is going to be a little. This is going to be quite a bit. Is it okay, Sir Matt? If I just no, go, kinda... go right ahead here. I'm, okay. I'm reading all this stuff about Theon okay cool okay um all right watching the flames bran decided he would stay awake till till mira came back jojin would be unhappy he knew but mira would be glad for him for he did not remember closing his eyes now i think this is just key so i know this is a lot of reading but i, I really want you guys to listen and pay attention because i have questions for you you know at the end of this Uh let's see but then somehow he was back. So he did not remember closing his eyes, but then somehow he was back at Winterfell again in the godswood looking down upon his father. Lord Eddard seemed much younger this time. His hair was brown, no hint of gray in it, his head bowed. So again, he's seeing back into the past. He sees his father there and his father says this, let them grow up close as brothers with only love between them. He prayed and let my lady wife find it in her heart to forgive Father, Brand's voice was a whisper in the wind, a rustle in the leaves. Father, it's me. It's Brand, Brandon. Edward Stark lifted his head and looked long at the Werewood, frowning, but he did not speak. And this, these are this is italicized. And uh, so when I say it's italicized, it's Brand's internal thoughts. He cannot see me. Brand realized, despairing. He wanted to reach out and touch him, uh, but all he could do was watch and listen. I'm in the tree. I'm inside the tree. I'm looking out of its red eyes. But the Werewood cannot talk, so I cannot talk. So then, Eddard resumes his prayer, um, and, uh, and and kind of, and, and then all of a sudden, the vision kind of, kind of, kind of fades. Uh, Ed, Eddard Stark dissolved like mist in the in the morning sun. Now, he has several visions here. He has several scenes, and I, I, I I'll break them down at the end here. So let's just read them though. Now, two children danced across the Godswood, hooting at one another as they duelled with broken branches. The girl was the older and taller of the two, Arya. Bran thought eagerly as he watched her leap on, onto a rock and cut at the boy, but that couldn't be right. If the girl was Arya, the boy was Bran himself and he had never worn his hair so long and Arya never beat me playing swords the way that girl is beating him. She slashed the boy across his thigh so hard that his leg went out you know, from under him and he fell into the pool and began to splash and shout. Be quiet, stupid, the girl um, said, tossing her own... Um, you know, branch aside. It's just water. Do you want old Nan to hear and run and tell father? She knelt and pulled her brother from the pool, but before she got him out again, the two of them were gone. Now, mind you, I, I believe, as as I read this, every every vision that happens here takes place through the same werewood and in the same God's Wood. It's in Winterfell. Mm-hmm. So next one. After that, the glimpses came faster and faster. Still Bran was feeling lost and dizzy. He saw no more of his father, nor the girl who looked like Arya, but a woman heavy with child. "...emerged naked and dripping from the black pool, knelt before the tree, and begged the old gods for a son who would avenge her. Then there came a brown-haired girl, slender as a spear, who stood on the tips of her toes to kiss the lips of a young knight as tall as Hodor. The dark-eyed youth, pale and fierce, sliced three branches from a weirwood and shaped them into arrows." I'm sorry, a dark-eyed youth." Uh, so not, that's not referring to our mm-hmm. knight there. A dark-eyed youth, pale and fierce, sliced three branches off the weirwood and shaped them into arrows. The tree itself was shrinking, growing smaller with each vision. Uh, so really, he, the, the tree is just getting younger, you know, and he sees other trees kind of come and go. Um, and, and so after they kind of come and go, he says, and now the lords. Bran glimpsed, um, oh, I'm sorry, back here a little bit want uh, be. Oh no, and now the lords, Bran glimpsed, were tall and hard, stern men in fur and chainmail. Some wore faces, he remembered, from the statues in the crypts, but they were gone before he could put a name to them. Then, as he watched, a bearded man forced a captive down onto his knees before the heart tree. A white-haired woman stepped towards them through a drift of dark red leaves, bronze sickle in her hand. No, said Bran. No, don't. But they could not hear him, no more than his father had. The woman grabbed the captive by the hair, hooked the sickle around his throat, and slashed. And through the mist of centuries, the broken boy could only watch as the man's feet drummed against the earth. But as his life flowed out of him in a red tide, Brandon Stark could taste the blood. Um, so a couple of things happened there. You know, there's um, there's a couple of different, I guess, like, visions. You know, I, I think we see, I believe we see Sir Duncan the Tall. What do mm-hmm. you think, Sir Man, I mean, like... That, that when it makes a, a tall young yeah. knight well you
1: know? here's the, we know that so we don't know uh, I mean we kind of know what happens with Duncan the tall and we know that if the, if the last thing we know of him just given by the the Duncan Egg series is that he is at the tourney at or where's that at uh, not Ashford Meadow the where he's the mystery knight? Anyway, he's close. He's he's close to the north, and they they because they were they were talking about potentially going up afterwards and squiring for the current Lord Stark. Okay, and after that, they kind of give a little break and say Duncan Egg's going to come back with more things. We you know he eventually will. I think they say he'll go to the Wall. He'll come back and become to Lord Commander and stuff like that. And there's theories that Bran of Tarth is a heir of. Duncan the Tall. Um, there's theories that Old Nan is, you know, Roanne Weber. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and so you know, I do like the idea that Duncan, you know, because if he is, if he is at the Kingsguard at the time, that maybe that's why he can't marry them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so that he does still end up getting with them and having children. Children.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I think back, the, the ghost emo is that are any of his heirs. You know, at the wall. Right. And I think I think seeing him here at Winterfell and seeing him, you know, kissing, whether it's old Nan, Lady Webber, mm-hmm. you know, or someone else. And Hodor. Yeah. Is, is Hodor. Yeah. So. Right. And, and well, we know Hodor is a is a descendant of, of great grandson of. Yeah. Of old Nan um, and the connection as tall as Hodor. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, makes us believe that that was. Sir Duncan the Tall, yep. they're in the Godswood, you know, sneaking a kiss or whatever. Maybe they I snuck so. away. I hope so. You know, yeah. he's such a good character. He's my, my he's like my favorite. Character. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, and I mean, uh, the whole series, he he's probably
1: even more than Jon Snow. He's yeah. probably my favorite.
0: Yeah, the only the only thing I, I would say to the ghost is if let's say that was Old Nan that he was you know smooching on there and ends up hooking up with or whatever, would one of his heirs be at the wall if it, If you're talking about one of old, you know, children that he had. And descendants that he had with Old Nan, she says they they are all lost except yeah. for Hodor, yeah. you know. And Hodor is the only her only surviving blood. Really, they yeah. were lost in the in the wars with Robert, and her even her even her um, her daughters became wives, and they right. themselves have have she outlived them, you know. Mm-hmm. So if it's if that is Old Nan, then ah, not so sure. Now, if it was someone like you know, how do you get to the Brienne of Tarth? Right, be, being a descendant, who would it have been that? He was with, right? You know, because you got Tanzel too tall, who's another girl who he's interested in. Yeah, you know, I mean, so it's he references kinda, every time. Every yeah, book. I just wonder if there's going to be more girls. You know what I mean? It's I just hope like, so. He's, I, just, not, he's a good guy. He's not, you know, he's just doing his own thing or whatever. And he's just, he's, I don't know, he's, he's great. Yeah,
1: please read the Knight of Seven Kingdoms. Please read haven't. it. It's all so three good. of them. They're just so good. You will understand. The audiobook
0: is the, the best. Absolutely worth getting. Yeah, absolutely worth it. I mean, as soon as you read the first Hedge Knight. You will understand why we fell in love with Hedge Knights. You will understand why we fell in love with Sir Duncan the Tall, and and everything about him. It's it, just and it's just different. They're just and they're just short, little, contained stories. Yeah, and they're great.
1: I, I love them.
0: They they're my
1: favorite, to be honest. They're like I like them more than yeah. Oh the yeah. Main series. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They're, they're wonderful. Now a couple um, theories. I'll throw out a few thoughts here, and I, I want to go over these again. Some some things that Brand saw in that. Um, yeah, because you know, I have the it, Theon, I have the Theon stuff. Okay. Love okay. Too, yeah. In that vision, and this is, um, so So to answer Ghost, uh, you know, hit, um, the thought there, I there could be, th- there definitely could yeah. be someone there at the, wall we've even speculated that perhaps Dun- Sir Duncan at one point, you know, if something went down at at, um, at Summerhall, you know, after that, and maybe Egg had to, if, if Egg did live and had to go across the Narrow Sea, he would probably go with him, but maybe if he didn't, you know, uh, maybe they had to split. You know, ways and he and he did Mm. end up going to the Night's Watch or whatever went through Winterfell. So there's a possibility there. But the things that Bran sees during his sleep, you know, the the visions uh, through the Winterfell heart tree, he sees his young father praying. You know, let them grow to be closest brothers uh, with only love between them. Let my lady, uh, my lady wife, uh, find it in her heart to forgive. He sees a young girl and a younger boy uh, play fighting with branches. I think uh, someone had said, I think it was Caleb had just mentioned, Arya looks a lot like Lyanna. Bran actually mistakes Arya for Lyanna. It's actually mm-hmm. Lyanna um, and um, Benjen, you know, and so that's actually you know I, th- I believe Lyanna and Benjen fighting each other, um, and it just shows you what a you know what a badass Liana is. She's whooping up on her younger brother, and uh, but she looks just like Arya, but he knows that's not Arya, and his hair wasn't that long, and you know, and and, and things. So. Um, that's a neat little connection there and then he sees a pregnant woman coming out of the black pool praying for a son to avenge I saw a lot of different theories on this you know as to who that could be um, you know it being uh, I think at one point one of the uh, Lords of Winterfell had to fight a king beyond the wall and there was a whole whole piece where the, the son that this that this lady has actually ends up going and fighting and killing his father who might have raped the the mother type of situation so. Uh, that could be that. That could be something else. A slender girl on her toes kisses a knight as tall as Hodor. I believe that that is Sir Duncan the Tall. I don't know who the girl is, though, and I right. would love to hear people speculate on that. Um, a pale, dark-eyed youth cutting three branches from the weirwood and shaping them into arrows. Full credit here goes to the Citadel, Westeros.org. You should check it out. Um, they totally believe that this is, you know, Torin, uh Stark, the king who knelt, um, had a brother, Brandon Snow, and Brandon Snow said that he could kill Aegon's right. dragons during Aegon's conquest. So instead of kneeling, uh, it was almost like he had cut mm-hmm. perhaps these, he had a weirwood bow and perhaps weirwood arrows. Thought they could kill dragons. Thought they could kill dragons. And so there's, there's the idea that maybe, maybe there is something to that, you know? Mm-hmm. So something to keep your eye on. Could and come. isn't it interesting that the,
1: the brand's visions cause him to see other brands. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, so that's, that's a big theory is that they're all the same person, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm,
0: absolutely. Um, and then he saw other Lords of Winterfell, Tarl, Dark, Stern. Those are just old, you know, Lords of Winterfell. And then now the bearded man forcing uh, a captive down on his knees and a white haired woman killing the captain, uh, captive with a bronze sickle. White haired. I don't know if that means old. Mm-hmm. or if that means like would that be misinterpreted be like silver hair or would that be perhaps you think of the, the the night king who was fell in love with a female version of like an other the cold lady you know who could have had you know kind of whiter hair perhaps so uh, just some thoughts something to, to for you guys to think about again just go check out you know um brand three and in a dance of dragons and, and see what you think open up your book and 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 check it out so yeah um, what, what are your thoughts on theon there
1: uh, all right, because he asked about Theon and the old gods and how he could have. Um, let me pull up his exact question here. Uh, the old gods called to Theon specifically and helped him gain himself. What else have you, Who else have the old gods called to? Um, so here, let me pull this up. Uh, full credit goes here to um, F. Yeah, I'm curious. Tumblr, <laughs> somebody's Tumblr. It's like, a, it's like he, does, he runs like a Game of Thrones Tumblr. Song of My okay. and All right. <laughs> Tumblr. Anyway, he's just, he just has this pulled up here. Theon and the old gods. Uh, we all know that in the previous life of Stark's ward or Prince of Winterfell, Theon seldom prayed at all, and Stark tree gods meant nothing to him. This is a section from The Clash of Kings. Tell me, true, nephew, do you pray to the wolf gods now? Theon seldomly prayed at all, but, um, but that was... Not something you confess to a priest, even your father's own brother. Ned Stark prayed to a tree. No, I care for nothing for Stark gods, Clash mm-hmm. of Kings. That's when he gets off on Pike, and his uh, sure. uncle comes to greet him. Who I can't remember. What's, his, what's that guy's name? Uh, oh, uh, Aaron, 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 Grigior. Aaron Grigior, yeah, yep. Um, so then he goes on to then. Um, this person goes on to say, but yeah, uh, but when he's back um, to half ruined Winterfell as a human ruin named Reek, the situation suddenly changes during his first visit to the um, good old Godswood where he had uh, to give away Ramsay's bride. Mm-hmm. This is from A Dance with Dragons. It's like one of the Reek chapters. Yep. Theon found himself wondering if he should say a prayer. Will the old gods hear me now if I do? They were not his gods, never had been his gods. He was an ironborn, a son of Pike. His god was the ground god of the islands. But Winterfell was long leagues from the sea. It had been a lifetime since um, any god had heard him, but he did not know who he was or what he was, why he was still alive, why he had ever been born. Theon, a voice seemed to whisper. His head snapped up. Who said that? All he could see were the trees and the fog that covered them. The voice had been as faint as rustling leaves, as cold as hate. A god's voice or a ghost's? Uh, how many died that day he took Winterfell? How many uh, more took that day he lost it? The mm-hmm. day that Theon died and reborn as Reek. Yeah. Um, then he goes on to say, that the person, uh, he's not just praying, he communicates with the god, and he's willing, thus, uh, to see if they can hear his answer. Somewhere in the gods' good, a raven screamed. A dagger was still in his hand. He sheathed it. Reek is my name. Reek. It rhymes with weak. Reek bent. uh to his task mm-hmm. yeah but here's the question actually some of that may be from and then in the sample chapter of winds of winter mm-hmm. um asha and yara in the show but that doesn't happen in the show yeah. um asks stannis because stannis is going to kill him um to behead him in front of a god's tree and don't let him be born burned to relore like that he should be he should be um really yeah wow that's interesting yeah, thanks wiki because uh, i've yeah. re- i've not read the sample chapters of winds yeah, I've just heard a couple that I either. Has, has read, um, but I don't actually think that's the gods. Uh huh. Yeah. If he's in front of a weirwood tree, right? I think it is Bran, yep. aka Three Eyed Crow. Okay. Yeah. Same kind of thing with Ned. What? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely within the power of the weirwood network.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. It is. It is for sure. Yeah, so now the question is, you know, who else have the old gods called to? And I, you'd probably have to do some research to see other situations where people thought their name was called or someone was calling out to them. Or, you know, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think here. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but um, I'm sure that that happens. Yeah. That's that's the influence there, right? You know, is, is that there... It kind of brings reek back to himself he's struggling with the idea that he wants to you know do some good here um even though it is just i think it's jane i think it's jane pool um who is posing as Arya stark you know but he wants to save her he wants to do some good he sees her you know extremely mistreated uh and, and things so you know so yeah there's there's that whole piece but i don't know man um that's a really good question do you have any other, any ideas on who else the, the, the werewoods could be talking to besides, like, Ned? <sighs> the which, actual
1: werewoods, just... say, the just the old gods in general speaking? I don't know that we really ever see any god other than perhaps lore kind of speak to people, and we only see them kind of, I guess, speak to them, or maybe they just look into the flames, and because they're looking in the flames, he decides to show them something.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I... I d- I think it's it's more subtle with the old gods, and I think yeah. that's the the whole piece is like to look for things where um so, so, okay the the title to, to ghost of heron halsey he, uh you know raven was they whispered theon not reek okay so so there's there's your clue right is that it's um almost like calling him back to himself right type of thing, reminding him who he was type of thing so anyways um is there a, or is there brand no such-
1: knows him as?
0: Theod. Exactly, or Bran yeah. knows him as Theon. Yeah, but I'm thinking of like Sansa when she's in different places. You know, I, I d- do the gods speak to her and give her encouragement. You know, to kind of move on. Think of everybody who's ever been in front of a weirwood or walked by a weirwood. You know, and is there something that was said, or did they hear something, or was there a rustling of the leaves? That's a big indicator that that someone is trying to speak. That Bran, um, Brendan, yeah. yeah, Brandon Rivers tells him. You know, no, all, all it came through was. Um, when you, he's like, well, I spoke to my father. No, 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 what he heard was a rustling of the leaves and a wind blowing and a stirring. He looks up and he thinks, and and, and as I just read, yeah. Ned looked up and stared at the tree and kind of frowned or whatever, you know, as if, and, and they do sometimes think that the gods are answering them and that they're talking back to them through mm-hmm. that rustling of the leaves, you know, and it's almost like you can imagine a young Bran on the other side of that, you know, calling out to people trying to help and trying yeah. to speak out, and he really, can he or can he not? From well, what we here's, know, a, here's a question. Because Theon says he heard, yeah. he heard the, as you just read there. You know, he, it seemed like someone had called his name. Yeah. But then, so when he calls out to his father, does his father hear the rustling of the leaves, or does he actually hear his, you know, you know uh, uh, young boy calling out father? Yeah. So because Brendan just tell, as you've said, well, Brendan's powers might be capped and, and limited, and yeah. maybe Brand can and do more than maybe Brand can do more.
1: And so here, so here's the question: Is oh god, here comes here comes a handful of questions here. One um is it really that the three-eyed crow uh is like the aspect of all the old gods and like that's what they're trying to do they're trying to speak to people throughout time because if if you go back in a world of ice and fire when it's talking about brand uh like the pact right and it talks about how brand the builder went and met with the children Mm -hmm. to talk about things. And it said that he kind of learned their song and their song was like the sounds of leaves and stuff like that. Yes. Um, But then when, yes, you're right. um, So maybe that the children have also evolved over time because the children seem to know English or common. I mean, Uh when brand shows up,
0: yeah, they, they can speak his language yeah leaf is like the only one who can actually like c- yeah. can, can speak the common tongue you know and the other ones down there cannot yes yeah. we don't know we haven't met all of them but the ones that mira names can't really speak um so leaf can't but you're right about something that they that their their speak and their speech and their even their songs sounds like the bubbling of a river right. or a stream the rustling of leaves you know um, the perhaps the cawing of a crow. And I, was about to, I was about to bring that up too. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know and stuff like that. Like that comes into
1: what we've been talking about this whole episode and for the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks. It seems like is if you consider the three eyed crow, say it's it's like its own entity. It has to use people, kind of a thing. If that is then a god of the weirwoods, yeah, or maybe it's just the voice of the weirwoods. Mm-hmm. So if you consider that a god. Um, then gosh, that opens the door to all kinds of things, because then if it does control, say, go- like ghost, when mm-hmm. ghost is off doing the thing, leads John to the dragonglass pit or gets beyond the wall or, you know, gets or, it, or does control Mormon's crow, mm-hmm. um, yeah. king, king, all that kind of stuff. Well, then there you go with the old gods talking. Yep. And it could just be the old gods, not blood raven. Could be the old gods playing their own thing. Maybe not the three eyed crow. We think sometimes it's the three eyed crow, but mm-hmm. it could just be the old gods in general. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Maneuvering things around. Yeah, interesting. Interesting that <clears throat> because real quick. Yeah. Because when because um, Melisandre talks about like all fire, it's, yeah. she she seems to make it seem like any kind of light or any kinds of fire is basically controlled by R'hllor. Yeah, because when v- Varys is talking about when he looked into the flames, mm-hmm. right, like yep. the magician that took his manhood, uh-huh. yep, he saw something, right, right, and so like he, I don't think he was a red
0: priest, right, you no, know? know, and okay. then
1: yeah. yeah, stuff like that. So
0: yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, here is a question: When, um, okay, green dreams that come to people, yeah, you know, you look 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 back at the Duncan Egg series and they had green dreams. Did the three-eyed crow appear to you know what was it eggs uh, you know brother who was always in his cups and stuff like that Maybe. was there? We don't really we don't know. They, they they don't say, but I guess my question is, you know, why is it that Brendan Rivers appears as a three-eyed crow? You know? Yeah. Why a three-eyed crow? Is 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 my question. Why not just himself yeah, yeah, right himself. himself why specifically that that animal What yeah what why why a three-eyed crow and why i don't know it just it's just always kind of baffling me because he was a green seer before he ever went up there right and i don't think that Brenda rivers worshiped the old gods do you well we i don't mean, really know what the targaryens i mean the target well he was a
1: targaryen of, but he's also uh his mom blackwood, blackwood which mm-hmm. is more northern Right kind of things, so he maybe worship both. But even look at also, his,
0: the, he, and he was, and he be, he was like super into sorcery and, right. But even look yeah. at his nephew and the other Targaryens who have these dreams that had what right. they called kind of green dreams, right? Because um, what uh, Egg's brother, I'm a lost for his name right now. The one that was he was on the way to the tourney. Darren. Um, is it is it Darren? I think it's Darren. I yeah. Think it is. yeah, it's not Arion uh, no, who Arion is Bright crazy. Flame, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're probably right. But he was having green dreams. He could foresee dreams. His dreams always came true. The same way that Jojen's come true. Jojen just keeps saying my dreams always come true. You know. Um, but what was special in Jojen's most recent dream is that he's visited by a three eyed crow, and is the three eyed crow. Um, a representation of is that how Brenda Rivers yeah. is choosing to appear in dreams, or is that something else, you know, type of thing? Yeah, so. it is. Uh, yeah, it is. Darren, Darren the Drunken, Darren the Drunken. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but, uh, anyways, you know, food for thought. So, lots of different things there this week. I think we've we went a little long. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, we're about it. We're we're coming in our two hour mark. Coming in on up two Friday.
0: That's if we can keep it to about two hours.
1: I think exactly. that's I think that's 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 good. We're gonna get to the point, and we have we had we had some more ravens. We're gonna get to the point to where eventually we just uh, can't cover all the ravens, which is unfortunate. So we well, it's just we'll have, just, we'll them have a never we'll
0: have a ne- never ending supply of which is great. Ravens. Oh, it's yeah. great. Yeah, just well, uh, <clears throat> what's neat is like this week we had three ravens, maybe four that kind of kind of talked about the three eyed crow, and so we want to lump those together. We could read all those together and yeah. then do one big discussion. It seems about like them. just in the past couple weeks, what's
1: happened is. Uh, is like we get, kind of get going on a thread. Like we were talking about the hammer for a while, you know. Yeah. Like, and then it's like okay, then are we are the main chapter kind of influences something because we were talking about Arthur Dane there for a while. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe what we'll do if, if we go forward if we start getting like 16, 20 ravens and we just can't get to them all, we'll we'll kind of say like, hey we'll do a poll here's what we're kind of thinking about maybe kind of tailor ravens towards this to discuss specific parts of it so then we can kind of research a little bit more about it and then we can kind of come in and do like a big block theory and yeah. people have different kind of questions
0: well yeah for sure and I, and also we don't want to limit you because if somebody comes out with a random something that we're not that's amazing of, yeah, yeah 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 it's it's the, the better the raven and the more thought out it is and the more yeah. that, that there's there i mean uh, it's meat for the show and we just mm-hmm. kind of can can take off so uh, that 's what we we set out to to create this group and this community and things yeah uh, it was all about you guys having an influence and a voice on the show because you know uh, we just kind of facilitate it so when you bring these comments in it's it 's such a great thing uh, It will be neat when we start the group to kind of get people um sharing back and forth and as you have conversation with each other because right now you're just sending us a raven the whole point of that group is you know we can then have conversations with each other we sir matt and i can watch the conversation jump in on the conversation and it really makes well we'll pull all of that into Fallout friday right like right now we had we posted
1: the how with a clegane goal clink clegane bowl, Cle, clegane bowl yeah. thing and um somebody had said something about um, the mountain might actually still end up killing the hound just because of the way the show is. And yeah. I think her name was Winona Moon. I want to say if I'm, I can't remember her uh, name, but she had sent us a raven about that, and yes. she commented and she was like, "That's what I'm saying." So you know, like, yes.
0: yeah. So it's just kind of cool, people absolutely People yeah. going back and forth so yeah um, um one more thing i wanted to read here we got
1: uh, uh, i have. i want to read i want to read that review that guy says that's us. what i was gonna I pull well. up read oh, it. okay okay oh, go, go for it go ahead this is from tanner rl he, he left us a uh, review on itunes so uh, i just want to give him a shout out because literally sir ezra and i read this the other day and we were just it was awesome yeah and so uh, anytime i can read a great review about myself <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. but anyway I've been listening to podcasts religiously for over two years now, and this is the first podcast I've decided to write a review for. On the way to work each morning, I think, wow, if only I could break both of my arms so I no longer have to (laughs) punch numbers in a cubicle all day. Then I remember I have Bend the Knee. Bend the Knee is the type of podcast that causes both your jaw to drop and your eyes to water. I will forever remember listening to Sir Ezra the Watchful, recalling Lyanna Stark's powerful scene. Promise me, Ned. Promise me. I had just finished uh, 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 reconciling the entire trial balance at work, uh, yet I was in tears. (laughs) Sir Ezra and Sir Matt are absolutely incredible when it comes to describing moments in A Song of Ice and Fire. You truly believe you are in the room with them. Watching these scenes from the perspective of the three eyed Raven Mm -hmm. Uh, to top it off. They're very humble. These gentlemen appreciate their listeners more than any other podcaster I've ever listened to. Likewise, they never forget to plug any of their fans, friends who provide to the show with theories and insight. As a result, fans like myself are as loyal um, as they are to are just as loyal as they are to us. I just finished subscribing to all their social media outlets simply because I do not want to join the community. I want, uh, I do want to join the community. They continue to describe.
0: Thanks y'all all the way from Texas. Yeah, Thank t- you so very much. So much, Tanner. That honestly means a lot. It was, uh, you know, it, it does take a little extra effort to go over and leave a review. And I'm in the same boat sometimes, you know, where I've come across a podcast because uh, that's, that's what we do. We we, yeah. we podcast and we listen to podcasts. And, um, you know, when you really find something that's, that's you know, I don't know, that's a good community and there's a lot of positivity and there's a lot of reward in it. I think it's, you know, that's what I... What, I was a podcast listener, you know, and, and I run, I run book clubs at school and I do different things like that. And so I was kind of like, that's what I wanted, you know, this to be. And Sir Matt and I talked and it's all about community and stuff. Um, You know, the idea that when we get off of here, we talk about, we'll get probably a couple more comments and we'll talk about people from around the world, Mm -hmm. which is just radical it's it's absolutely crazy so and especially the people that comment a lot like sir ezra and i when we just like talk like throughout the week
1: like we reference them just as like oh did you see what this guy said Did you see what this guy said oh did you it's see like what, a, she, what daily she said? part of our yeah. lives
0: yeah so it's especially it's so cool.
1: and it and it, it does it absolutely influences the show. Sometimes I feel nervous, honestly, when I look at like because the show is growing and it's doing it's doing a <laughs> lot. Sometimes I get really nervous. Uh, it's like somebody compared us at one point to uh, Alt Shift X, and I was like, uh, okay. yeah." like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: like. well, the, the the cool part is I think you know all of you guys are willing to do the read and the research yeah. and, and and you watch the show. You guys do and- the amount of work you guys do for us. Insane. It's huge. Insane. Um, so, you know, another thing I want to mention, um, speaking about just how the podcast is growing, Sir so Matt was mentioning, you know, uh, one of the things that we would like to do uh, around us, we have Cincinnati, um, you know, Comic-Con coming up. And mm-hmm. I think we might try to swing down there and uh, perhaps get, uh, oh, I forget his name, Nick- Nick- oh, Nicholas, the guy crazy. who plays... Like some uh, crazy last name. The guy J- who plays Jamie, Jamie Lannister. is yeah. coming to town, and we might go try to get, you know, his autograph and maybe see if I can get something from him for our... Our group, you know, and, yeah. and perhaps send something around the world, you know, a signed photo or something to our, you know, to our our, our group or whatever. We'll we'll see. We might have to change the logo to a, a Lannister lion um, if if he if he so wishes. not. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I know we we Bend have we have we, have we have a Stark heavy, but we have some, we have some we have some Lannister people. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what's neat, uh, you know, well, anyway. So so, so on that thought, we, we Sir Matt and I, when you support us on on Patreon, that allows us to kind of you know, save up a little bit of money and, and travel, go to these mm-hmm. places. We would we would take, we are very, it's a very mobile podcast actually. I've taken some of my other projects to, you know, live to Barnes & Noble, to other Comic Cons, to mm-hmm. conventions. Yep. And so that's really our goal is to kind of get going there. We want to really get our feet wet with all of this though and then eventually this fall you know, and next year try to hit up a lot of the major you know, cons and, and have some meetups and, and do different things. So when you support us on Patreon and you, and you write iTunes reviews, you have no idea how much it helps. It's, it's, it's tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another project I'm working on here, you know, because I know I know George uh, listens to the podcast from time to time. Yeah. Um, there is a first edition book within my grasp, and I am trying to get him to sign it. Yeah. Game of Thrones first edition. <laughs> so I may be uh, dropping uh, tra- a couple hundred bucks. I may be traveling um, to, to Santa Fe yeah. and I might just swing in and see that we could do a giveaway. There like- are things, though, that we could go get yeah. um, you know, signed from him. So I'm working on that, guys. Uh, he's going to be uh, if you keep track of where Gersh is going, he's going to be at Thriller Fest, um, you know, very soon. Uh, I think next week, actually, uh, or in two weeks, he'll be in New York City Thriller Fest. So if you're in the area, it's a lot of money though. Um, but he'll be he's going to be at a San Jose uh, con coming up in um, in August and things. But we're trying to track him down. We'd like to, you know, get a get a couple things signed and just go meet the man who really, you know, um, got yeah. this all going. Man, I just love it. I absolutely love it. So, uh, all right, any other you know updates for the show? Anything else there, Matt? uh no I think that's that's kind of all that's kind of all I
1: got um we have uh, some patreon black council stuff. Starting to work on for um, next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I think we're going to do for those of you who got our care packages for our, our Patreon people. You kind of got that uh, physical kind of newsletter. Yep. we're thinking about doing a uh, digital newsletter for all the Patreon people as well, so you can just kind of get those as we as as we do that. So yeah, might do like now a that I have, Now that I sign
0: up, now that we kind of build a little template. Yeah. So, um, Another thing too, uh, we have plenty. Um, we went ahead and did a mass order of shirts too, so we have tons of shirts. So if you do want to sign up for you know, um, and, and, and to get a shirt, let us know. You know, you can sign up there and get access to the Black Council, you know, um, all that goodness, you know, say your night's watch vows, all that good stuff, and get a t shirt. So uh, just let us know. Go out to patreon.com forward slash Ben the knee, sign up there, and you should be good to go.
1: Yeah, and uh, well, one last thing here, real quick, uh, sir, Ezra, where can people follow you on social media? Uh,
0: yeah, so a couple different places. Um, obviously, always follow Ben, uh, BTK Cast. Um, You know, on our Facebook page, our our Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, you know, know, and then uh, my own personal uh, Instagram is actually WompRat underscore two M W O M P R A T underscore two M. And that's the same on Instagram, Twitter, what have you. You can find me under that handle almost anywhere.
1: Yeah, you can find me anywhere on the Internet at Super Gains Bros. S-U-P-E-R-G-A-I-N-S-B-R-O-S. That's my Instagram. Uh, and Twitter, as well as I believe my, my Tumblr, actually my Tumblr might be my name. I can't believe you have a Tumblr, that's great. I actually have a pretty big following, and I, every I time I always go look at it, I'm always like, how did I, and I don't I know. It. I don't yeah. get it. but um, great. anyway, yeah, so just, we always get asked at the time, time where people follow us on the internet, so, uh, in closing, I think that's about it. So are-
0: yeah, yeah, make sure you send those uh, those Ravens to btkcast at gmail.com, um, you know, we've got our show coming up on Monday, and, uh, and again, you know, uh, Stay tuned. And if you guys have thoughts or comments that you want to send us, you know things that we can do better on the show or what have you, send us uh, you know a message on Facebook or send us a you know a raven. So always looking to improve and always trying to you know dive into new new corners of, of, of Westeros. Mm-hmm. All righty, man. I want to close out
1: with uh, what was? It? Here we go. In in the words of Sir Grant, the Yellow Knight, fit to fight.